0: Ladies and gentlemen, I am sitting in front of me, the very, <laughs> oh no, he pressed the button. Oh, I'm no. sitting with the uh, top of the org chart for the Timcast Media Organization.
1: He's changing our He's tabs. leaving.
0: <laughs> Baco. His He's name out. is Bucko. <laughs> and uh he's the boss so. he is yes he's out he was Aww, hanging out for a little bit yeah. uh we gotta oh, schedule it with him next time we we're live we have oh, to get an appointment okay. hey yeah you, you know he's really hard to get a hold of he sleeps all day he's he the, does he's the epitome of capitalism i mean he's the <laughs> boss he does no work mm-hmm. his eyes are half closed as he lazily sits there we break our backs every day and then he's the one who gets the rewards he doesn't gotta pay any bills he gets all his food and everything taken care of we they, clean they his even, poop yeah even to clean up his yeah. poop yeah
2: it's lovely, I hope words.
0: you're all enjoying the show. <laughs> uh, hey, everybody, how's it going? Welcome to Timcast IRL. If you haven't already, well, um, subscribe, smash the like button. And, uh, we got a bunch of stories, a lot having to do with Antifa riots, this autonomous zone in Minneapolis, the Chavin trial, and what's going on with some of the jurors. Apparently today in the good old Pacific Northwest, Antifa was out and about trying to smash their way into banks. There's like a photo of like a cop coming out. And he's got a gun. And so we're going to talk about a lot of this stuff and we'll get into what's going on. We also have got, uh, uh, Cuomo. He's being referred, uh, his actions, to the police. The latest harassment claim against them is, is fairly serious, I suppose. And uh, and, and we'll, we'll get into all this stuff. There's some other cool stuff. AOC and Matt Gates working together on marijuana legalization. And then we've got some gun control laws, and we're talking about a lot of guns. But today, we are hanging out with Kim Iverson. Do you want to introduce yourself?
3: Um, well, I'm Kim Iverson. I'm a political YouTuber, right, um, <laughs> for now, <laughs> while YouTube keeps me on. And, um, I'm, I would say I'm a progressive on the progressive left, but, um, libertarian. But like think, the Tulsi
0: sort of, kind of progressive. Right. I was the, a
3: big t- Tulsi supporter and more of a progressive. Yeah. More libertarian progressive if there is a thing.
0: It's, it's politically homeless, I guess.
3: I don't, yeah. I don't know if I am though. I think there's enough of me. Enough of you? Yeah. So I don't feel like I'm that homeless. I just think that we don't, I think we haven't, um, figured out our address yet i should hmm, put it that yeah. way the, the, the numbers haven't been put on the house but
0: there's a house well it's i, I think you're you know you're, you're critical of war and you, you <clears throat> criticize the democrats and you criticize, criticize covid lockdowns
3: right that i was the only progressive i think actually who that's what kind of differentiated me and then a lot of people started calling me far right or something well that basically <laughs> means
0: yeah of course if you don't agree with the orthodoxy in the cathedral yeah you're, maybe that's the easiest way to, to to put it it doesn't matter what your political alignment is are you with or against the cathedral you or know the goal is
2: heretics yeah,
3: yeah. you're a
0: heretic or you're mm-hmm. sorry, yeah. Yeah, so, am I a heretic? So. I'm
3: definitely anti establishment.
0: Yeah. For sure. Anti elitist?
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I guess it depends on what you mean by that because some elites are also anti establishment. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't like, like Trump's write an elite off, for sure. Yeah, right. But he's an
0: outsider, you know? So it's like Elon Musk. He's yeah. pretty anti Yeah. I
3: would so. say he's in that. So I don't know if I'm anti-elite. I'm not anti-rich people. You know, I'm not anti-that.
0: But aren't progressives, you know, eat the rich, tax the rich? <sighs> I
3: Well, I would like to, <laughs> right? You're yeah. On. So, I, you know, more taxes, I guess, yeah. for the rich, I suppose. But, yeah. But so I would say anti-establishment for sure. Anti-war. Well, anti-needless war. Yeah. Not a dove. Yeah. Uh, sometimes war is necessary, mm-hmm. I suppose. Sounds like
0: you're just a reasonable person. Yeah. That's
3: what I would say. That's yeah. why I think that you know, I'm not alone in my house.
0: I think we're all in a similar house, but it is like a lonely party. And it's not because I think most people probably agree with with a lot of the things we would all say I disagree on a lot of things, too. But the, the main agreement is that we can have the conversation. But I think a lot of people are just scared and would prefer to just say, you know, tell me what to say. I don't want to get kicked out. So they're, they're hanging out in the establishment house. Because they got yeah. the, they got all the big beers and all the big TV shows Delivery. and there are a lot of people who will they just won't,
2: they won't deliver at our house because there's no address yet.
1: <laughs> exactly, <laughs> it's true. See, it's really
2: frustrating. <laughs> we got Ian Chilling. Hey, everybody, what's up? How's Ian Crossland in the house. It's going yeah, great, man. Yeah, yeah it's going yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Nice couple days. We talked. Kim and I talked last night about not tarot, but you know, power cards. Like <laughs> Tim's an ace of spades. Maybe we can get into it later. Um, yeah, you're yeah. a six I, I love of spades. That stuff. Yeah, so cool. what is that? He Very is cool. an
0: Eight of Diamonds, Ace that's of a Spades. card, that's a really uh, cool That's like the best card Ace, Ace of, Spades. of Spades Yeah, you know that song by, yeah. Motorhead?
3: Yeah, I think, oh,
0: yeah. Ace of Spades, Ace of Spades. Yeah. I
3: mean, we could get into it, I'll let you know everything you need to know about being an Ace of Spades oh, My I'm mom's sure an Ace of Spades, Princess Diana was an Ace of Spades oh, yeah. nice.
0: what, what was her birthday? Wait
3: I don't know, but she was an ace of
0: spades. How does that because, make you an ace of spades? Well,
3: because the way it works is, so it's based on a deck of cards, but this is back before playing cards were playing cards. This is actually the system that this was built on was um, uh, when playing cards are actually a, a, sort of like a Bible to a certain group of people. And they think that it may be stemmed from people somewhere in the Middle East. this system so you know you've got chinese astrology right with what year you're born and then you have western astrology with like you're a pisces i'm an aries we're aries right leo here Mm -hmm. so um this one is some sort of middle eastern astrology and they based it on a deck of cards and basically each day has a different card and of course there's 52 cards and there's more than 52 days so some cards get reused some cards don't Mm. so some cards i believe there's uh, as many as thirteen days associated with one single card that have Mar- different. March
0: ninth is ace of spades.
3: March ninth is ace of spades. So everybody born on March ninth is an ace of spades. But then I think then also I could tell you everybody born, uh, I believe April it would be April eleventh. I think is also, hmm. maybe it's April eleventh or maybe it's April no April seventh. Sorry, everybody born April seventh is also an ace of
0: spades. Huh um so it's let's, like that. let's 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 yeah. i, I want to talk about this but we'll start with the news stuff first yeah, yeah let's get that out <laughs> before of that, we get to the crazy
3: it. stuff and that's yeah, not yeah. what my show is about i don't want anybody to think should I, do. Do. I love right. it right? it's just Maybe, a side yeah. hobby of what i like it's just something like that but i am legit okay <laughs> all right i
2: believe it foreign I believe I believe policy it. expert right. i mean more foreign or less right. Right. That's,
0: your,
3: that's your area of focus is right mostly well until covid and then i got into the virus stuff and i started talking about that stuff a lot but yeah foreign policy was probably my biggest you know, big fan of Tulsi Gabbard, friend of hers. Um, and um, that sort of, you know, was really in that lane a lot criticizing foreign policy wow. traveled around, you know, to kind of see some stuff for myself.
0: We're all big fans of Tulsi. Yeah. I love her. Yeah,
3: Tulsi's great. She's really great. You know, we'll see what sh- what she's going to do. Well, let's let yeah. let's, let's get into the politics. Don't forget,
0: we also got Sarpachi lit. Oh uh, yeah, I'm here buttons. in the
1: corner. I am mashing buttons and keeping it an eye buttons. on the cat. He's
0: running around. Not Yeah, it here. it's it's really <laughs> nerve-wracking having the boss like wander around over our shoulders. I feel really <laughs> nervous. <laughs> he took his keys. He's looking yeah. at us. Yeah, and we don't in. even know what his card is. He was know, he was right? up he was up here one time during the show. And he started peeing in the corner. <laughs> it's Uh-oh. true. Could you imagine your boss walking in? I mean, it's his house. The cat is not really our boss. We're like, joking. Yeah, it's
3: yeah. like this is what i think of this show
1: that's right <laughs> good work everyone
0: <laughs> my friends uh before we get started how about i actually pull up this website this that one is site? the site you need to go to go to Tim oh, K- oh wait 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 nope
1: oh no <gasps>
0: it is the site
1: you is it know the site? what site it is why is it?
0: it's giving me the business oh, the site. okay there well, we go all
1: right there we go. Go to
0: TimCast.com. Become a <laughs> member. We got a bunch of exciting bonus episodes. We talked uh, more extensively with Scott Pressler the other night about how he's trying to go after the America last politicians and yes. primary them. And so it was really interesting conversation. But look at this amazing library of content. Some of it's very offensive. Like when Jack Murphy said progressives can't be alpha and <gasps> Marxism is objectively what? anti-masculine and he's holding a beer as he says it. <laughs> Uh but then we have some fun stuff like Ben Stewart. We were talking about alien civilizations oh, yeah. and DMT and we talked about that with Clifton Duncan for some reason. So become a member because you can watch these fun uh uh bonus segments and exclusive members only stuff and it helps us in the event that you know we get banned because we talk about things the establishment probably doesn't like. And uh like, share, subscribe. And if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, then leave us a good review because man, that really really does help. Give us all of the stars. But let's 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 talk about the uh the first big story here. We have this from the Post Millennial. Antifa storm into banks in Portland, try to break inside federal courthouse. Just another day in Portland, the right capital of the United States. And there's this photo of like an armed cop and there's a bunch of people in front. Let's just read. They say a dramatic scene unfolded in Portland this afternoon as Antifa and other left wing activists tried to break into the chase into a chase bank. A lone security guard managed to hold off the mob with his pistol. The Post Millennial editor at large, Andy No, posted footage from a left wing mob and a bank security guard. The source of Noe's videos is an account titled 45th Parallel Absurdist Brigade, who documented the day's activities. They seem to be sympathetic to the protest's cause, seeing as they got nostalgic when passing by the federal courthouse, where last summer Antifa hosted nightly sieges against authorities. The day's demonstrations was a gathering meant to protest against something called Line 3, which according to a piece last month from The Guardian is an upcoming pipeline proposal to transfer nearly 1 million barrels of tar sands a day from Alberta, Canada, to Superior, Wisconsin, a move that is facing pushback from activists over it being constructed through Native American lands, as well as concerns about the health of the water supply as a result. The protesters went to Chase Bank because they're reportedly one of the funders of the Line 3 pipeline project. The demonstrators made their way inside after a standoff. After tagging the chase in a nearby Apple store with graffiti, the protest made its way to Wells Fargo for an encore performance. It all came back around to the Hatfield Courthouse, where DHS and the Antifa crowd are in a standoff at the time of at the time of writing. Federal officers are currently responding to protect the courthouse as the Antifa crowd starts up their routine property damage to the area. All right. There was there was a lot of stories. We were like, what should we open with? There's a lot going on. You know, Cuomo is, you know, facing some kind of criminal charges. But this one really, like, wrapped up a bunch of stories. Mm -hmm you got a pipeline from Canada. you got Native American lands. You've got Antifa riding. You've got the courthouse back in play and banks. (laughs) It's like a fruit punch medley of all of the things that they're uh, upset about. And I got to be honest, it kind of just doesn't make sense, you know? So we've been kind of following these stories about what's been going on with Antifa over the past year or so. And I'm interested, actually, to get your take, Kim, considering, you know, you view yourself as a progressive. You focus heavily on foreign policy, but also lockdown stuff. Just, like, what you think about what's been going on and how you feel about these uh, these individuals.
3: Like, what do I think about how Antifa and everything that's been going on with yeah. the, with we'll the, just, we'll the on. like, Chaz Chop areas and all these other things going on? Yeah. I mean, I personally, the way I view it in just kind of like an overview, kind of uh, looking from the top down, sort of, you know, if I were an alien coming to Earth, it just looks like everybody's becoming a little bit radicalized in the United States. And I think it's a normal thing to become radicalized. So as somebody who studies a lot of foreign policy, looking at groups like ISIS, Al Qaeda, right, terrorist organizations, how do people get recruited into those organizations, right? They get recruited in because their life isn't where they want their life to be. They're not getting the resources that they need to live a good life. They don't feel like they can um, have a, a, a life with a good faith, you know, make, have a family and have all the things and opportunity. They're, they're lacking opportunity. So they join these extremist organizations. And I think what we're seeing happen here in the United States is that same lack of opportunity that is happening on both sides of the aisle. Cause it's just people in general not getting that opportunity are now looking for uh, a place to kind of get their anger out. And so we're seeing it manifest in a variety of ways. And I think that. Some of the youth are really going after like the they're kind of going and creating these uh zones like the you know Chaz Chop or they're just I think they're just holding finding some ideology to hold on to to be like what, yeah this is well are they really mad about any of this stuff like like going no to, they, no it's not that and that's what that's kind of my point is my point is they're not mad about. They're just exerting their anger somewhere, anywhere, and they just find a group that they think kind of aligns with them on something and they say, Okay, this sounds good, and you're gonna help me get my opportunity back because we're gonna take the country back. And it's that same exact mentality.
0: What are they what are these what are these Antifa people who are protesting in, in, in Minneapolis, right, setting up this new autonomous zone? I, I understand you could argue they're mad about the George Floyd thing. But when you see them actually go out, they went to a Chase Bank because it's some way related. That one Chase Bank has nothing to do with it. I understand. I guess the brand is a symbol of what they oppose. But I wonder, it seems like they just went out and said, we're going to get violent. You know, we're going we're to smash. So they go to the courthouse. They go to different banks. They went to Wells Fargo, I guess, because banks are bad. They go smash windows at Starbucks. I get that they're, that they're, that they're angry. But what are they angry about? Like you, you mentioned that people get radicalized because they don't have the resources they need. Mm-hmm. I mean, these people, I can certainly understand the COVID lockdowns, mm-hmm. but many of these people, I mean, regardless, you're still living in one of the wealthiest countries in the world. Is it a lack of perspective? Like they've not seen how bad it really is in other countries, so they just assume they have it bad and it's really just.
3: I just don't think we can live the American dream anymore. And oh, that's I what I think the issue that. is. Well, I mean, you've been able to live the American dream and many of us have been able to, but not everybody can. I mean, a lot of us are just riddled in student debt. I have $35,000 of student loans that I've been paying on for 17 years. I still owe $32,000
0: yeah, after very similar 17 for me. years. And so. I I definitely agree that's like I'm I'm for student loan forgiveness for sure. But I think It should be based on the principle of what you borrowed and you pay back.
3: Sure. I mean, there's a lot of nuances to it, right? But it's the overall, you know, and there's many ways we can go about doing things like student loan forgiveness because obviously we have to fix the system and not just, hey, we're going to give everybody a check that's, you know, Um, there's a lot. But my point really is that there, we're in a society right now that we were all told when we were children that we could have the two car house, fence, minivan, stay at home spouse potentially to raise the kids. Go on a vacation once a year to Grand Canyon or Times Square or Disney World and that we could go. And then you have your starter home and then you upgrade your house. And then you, you know, all of these basic things that our grandparents, the greatest generation, the great generation. What are they called? The greatest generation? Yeah. What they were able to have, we were all told we could have that. And then something went wrong. And suddenly, especially after 2008, uh, boomers lost and many of them lost their retirement. So a lot of them are now stuck in apartments and after losing their houses. And then the millennials and Gen Xers and Gen Z are not able to then recreate what the greatest generation was able to create. And we were told all as little children we were going to be able to do this. So that's the angst. So some of us are able to go and maybe have money, make money, uh, you know, do
0: that. But the problem is, is that it's not at
3: the same level or scale that was able to do that
0: before. I think the problem is college. I think college is the main problem. And looking at Antifa... You know, I'll I'll just give a shout out to this viral post from Reddit. It was this. It was from r cringe. So this is like a prominent subreddit. It was like a very viral video, and it's this young woman who looks, you know, uh, uh, she you know st- t- typical kind of attractive. She's doing the normal things, wearing makeup. Her hair is, you know, uh, looking good. And then it's like first year of college, and her her head's shaved, and it's like her hair is just like straggly and pink, and she's like screaming and shrieking at the camera, <laughs> like, "Whoa, what happened to you?" They go to college and they, they enter these weird (laughs) environments and it's like this person was angry and they didn't even graduate. What happened where she's in high school and she's like your typical high school, uh, you know, girl, and then she joined, she goes to college and in her first year, she becomes this. So like, I definitely see what you're saying. I think we can, we can expand upon like angst and the denial of, of what we were promised and things like that. But what's this thing? Like you go to college one year and then all of a sudden they're Antifa and they're, they're dressing like crazy people.
3: I don't think that's most college experience. I think that's very specific yeah. to, like, certain universities that take on that vibe, like Berkeley is one, or, um, you know, I don't know, maybe Yale, I guess, I don't know, I, I don't really pay much attention to that. But, you know, when I went to college, it was, I went to UC, I went to seven different schools, to be honest with you, and then I finally ended up at UC Davis, which was my final school. And there, you know, everybody's nose to the grindstone just working, and everybody's, you know, the, the it's, that's all they're doing, they're just studying, so I do think that there is some of that radicalization that happens. Um, but I don't know if that's and I what that where that becomes a real problem is they dominate the conversation. Right. So what we're getting is this real wokeism, you know, that everybody's a racist bigot now.
0: Yeah, you're, um, you're double
3: white. I'm double white. I'm, I'm double white. But you're more <laughs> double white than I am. Right, yeah. you know. I'm a little more Asian. so <laughs> That makes me more. More. Yeah. yeah. More white. Right. More somehow. white. Yeah. I'm not allowed to talk
0: race topics. I've found the, the the people who like look, the people who are who are storming these banks and fighting at these federal courthouses. It's not the majority of people. It is those who are getting radicalized. Right. Because there are certainly a lot of people like, look, you have student loan debt. You're upset about it. You're not going around smashing windows. I might start. Don't smash my windows.
1: <laughs> Pay my start loans right off. Here. Smash.
0: It, it's it's I I apparently the stuff works. You get violent. You freak people out. and Then they get on their knees and say, "Please stop. Please don't hurt me." And then I
3: don't know if it does because I mean I think when the other side, you know, when there's um, depends on who does it, right? After January sixth, it seems like that's not exactly what happened.
0: Oh yeah, I, I think so it's it fair. I, I think it's fair to criticize. um to that extent that it was like the Capitol building during the joint session of Congress to count the electoral votes. So that holds a lot of weight with with why it was particularly egregious. But I'm like, they've stormed – you know, the far left has stormed local state buildings, like Capitol buildings, local courthouses. They've literally stormed the congressional buildings on more than one occasion. They were trying – they are banging on the door and, and smashing it during the Kavanaugh hearing. So it's like – I think it's worse to go
3: after the average person. Take your angst out on the right people. Yeah. At least these Antifa people, I'll give them credit. They didn't go after the mom-and-pop shops. They went after the actual institutions they're no, angry they at. Oh, they went
0: after mom-and-pop shops.
3: On this one, this occasion. Oh, one this one, about? this one, this one. Right, right, right.
0: right. They so went to the this, banks.
3: Right, this one. Finally, they went and did it to the right people. <laughs> you know, because before, they were going into my neighborhood. I mean, they came to my house. I mean, they came. Wow. During the summer, we had armed invaders in our complex, and Whoa. we were all told to go into lockdown. Not COVID lockdown, but an actual lockdown. We had k- helicopters swarming above, and we had armed the armed- you want to say what city you live in? I live
0: in L.A. Yeah.
3: yeah wow. So-, so people went into
0: your complex or whatever?
3: Yeah. What happened was there was like a group of armed rioters, looters, or whatever, and they had looted a place, a business, and then they got in their getaway car and drove off, and the cops uh, were chasing after them, and they drove into my complex, of Whoa. all places, and they got out of their car, and they got into our building, and they were hiding in our building— With guns.
0: It's a good thing you guys are armed and you have excellent gun laws.
3: Funny thing. So I'm from Idaho and I've always been, um, even though I've always identified as a liberal and more of a Democrat, even though now not, but, um, I, the one thing that I never really agreed with others on my side of the aisle were about guns. I'm a big pro Second Amendment person. I'm from Idaho. You know, I don't know. Maybe I'm sure there's anti Second Amendment people in Idaho, so I shouldn't generalize. Um, but after that, I will say everybody in in my complex, I live in a very liberal area of L.A. as well, and everybody was very – always been anti-gun. And after that, at the dog park, I'd go to the dog park with my dog, and I'd overhear the conversations. And people would say, you know, I never thought about owning a gun. <laughs> <laughs> there it but is. now I'm thinking about buying a gun. Yeah, it really shakes you. And I always tell people – yeah, I mean, look at what's happened in the cities. I mean, we were locking down. People were coming to our house. We had uh, my neighborhood was totally destroyed by the looters, and they were my uncle's businesses. I mean, my aunt's business got totally. She had to board it up. Wow, you know, and to and I, immigrant and by the way, refugee, you know, immigrants uh with businesses that have been able to work hard and have the American dream in a way, and had to board up their businesses, and now I don't know if there is a. Will
0: there is a, a, a cultural practice among my people when these riots happen. They get on top of the roofs yes. of their stores. they get high. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's, it's a weird thing to bring up because I know there's like, you know, Count Dankula was like talking about roof Koreans for a long time. Oh, man. And I'm like, I wonder if the woke people like are going to feign outrage over that. Because like, I, I think the LA riots had a lot of problems and we can be critical mm-hmm. of it. But like, am I allowed to joke about roof Koreans, you know, taking their guns and getting on the rooftops to defend their families and their businesses? Or am I going to get in trouble? Yeah, you're a
3: racist
2: now. As long as you make but the I enemies <laughs> no, you're a racist,
3: Tim. As long as
2: Obviously. you make the enemies
0: zombies, then yeah, maybe <laughs> then Koreans okay. are at better aim. Is it's, that, it reminds is that me, racist? It reminds me of that Rick and Morty the first episode where he's like shoot the shoot shoot a Morty and he's like I don't want to kill him. He's like they're robots and then he shoots one of them and the guy's like oh my leg. <laughs> really? I meant you're I so meant cool. figuratively. They're bureaucrats, Morty. They work for the government. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was, no. that was funny. All I don't
3: right. think we're allowed to make that joke. Yeah, <laughs> won't well, Rick and Morty too much. Yeah. <laughs>
0: now I I remember when everything started getting crazy during COVID and the lines were out the. The door and it was like all of a sudden like run-of-the-mill liberals were trying to buy guns and the funniest thing about it was how many of them realized it wasn't easy like oh yeah, no especially I in california this. yeah i hear it's like nigh impossible yeah to buy weapon to buy a gun in california what's the process
3: i hadn't tried because i knew i wasn't going to be able to do it but i know that for one the stores were oh, many of them were closed or if they i think you have to apply but um what many of us do is just we consider going to, like, my home state of Idaho or Nevada, and the process is a lot easier. And, and then you're below. able to yeah. bring it
0: back to California? Oh,
3: sure. You just have to register the weapon once oh, you get to California. Oh,
0: interesting. A lot of states do operate that like that. You know, if you already have it or if you bought it somewhere else legally, then they don't care if you have it. Yeah. So it, it is weird. And, 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 you know, in that capacity, there are a lot of people who are staunchly, like, absolute to a absolutist. And I have to say, from, like, a legal perspective, I don't see a way around this argument. Like, you know, we, we we talk about Michael Malice too much. Michael, we talk I about you Becca too much. <laughs> he's he's just got, to look this guy, here, guy you. up. Yeah, know, know, you guys well, have a real he's bromance going. He's funny. <laughs> it's true. You know, no, it's, it's because he's a smart guy and he yeah. made a really good point. He said that the Constitution says I have a right to keep and bear arms, but every single cop in New York City would arrest me if I had a gun. And I'm like. I mean, the Constitution is the law of the land. It says you that the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. It doesn't say if you're mentally ill you can't have a weapon. It doesn't say if you're a felon you can't have a weapon. It literally is just verbatim you can have a weapon.
3: Yeah, I get because it's the open carry or it's the concealed carry or open carry laws, right? So I well, so guess, all of a sudden
0: now there's like, look, New Jersey, you can't, you absolutely well, like, you can
3: own the weapon,
0: but you can't go anywhere with it. You can't bear it.
3: Well, and that's right. So that's the big question: is what does bear mean? Does it yeah. But I and I would think that bearing arms I guess we'd have to look back at what did they mean by the word bearing you know, bear arms think, back then. It meant bear arms like
0: show it. You can kill a bear like and
3: wild animal. Their arms. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's like if you're
2: bare naked, that means you're it's obvious. Everyone yeah. can see it. Um bearing if, you're, arms, if you're bearing your teeth, that means you're showing your teeth. So bearing right? arms would yeah. be like Open carry, basically. Yeah. Well, that's
3: what we think today in 2021 with that word. But I'd be curious to think what to know what their definition of it was well, in 17.
0: You can look at a lot of the quotes from the founding fathers and like the Federalist Papers and things like that, and they're pretty much like everybody should have guns all the time, right? People yeah. had people had artillery. You know, they had private artillery at their, at their homes. There's like a funny meme about some. You know, the the, the people. A lot of people on the left like to say. You know, the, the Founding Fathers didn't expect someone to have a semi-automatic, you know, whatever, AR-15 assault weapon or something, um, which assault weapon is meaningless, by the way. But uh, – and then there's this funny meme where it's like someone breaks into a guy's house and he pulls out his musket and fires. <laughs> it, it, it goes across the street and hits a dog ripping a hole in it because it's smoothbore. He runs upstairs and screams, tally-ho, lads, and then fires two massive artillery cans. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> People like the, – the, the, this back in the day, they had private warships. Oh, yeah. Like, you could literally own your own battleship. I mean, you line. couldn't own a cannon. You couldn't own a cannon? No, you couldn't own a cannon. They actually had
3: some, believe it or not, you know, I researched this extensively because I, I was always a real 2A extreme. I would say I was an extremist uh, back. I had, and I maybe just re- barely converted out of the extremism, but I used to say if the government can own it, I want to be able to Heck own it, yes. right? But then I realized there's a, I wouldn't be able to own all the the weapons the government has because I don't have enough money. And do I really want the people who are really rich to have the ability, Good point. right? And then oh, then, yeah. I, then I said okay, maybe I'm not so extreme after all because I don't know if I want the rich Some real class, class warfare there. Right, I don't want them to own the nuke, right? right. But Which then they I, would. right and yeah, then I sure. you know Bill Gates or whoever you exactly. want to write. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of us can't, right? right? Mercenary, so mercenary
2: prevents mercenary warfare in a lot of ways, government oversight. Crazy as it is, sure, yeah. yeah.
3: So you know, then I'm less extreme. But um you can own a cannon it. today. No, you can't. You, you own a mini kind one. Of a cannon. You can't. Yeah. yeah, maybe what? What? Maybe what's the definition? I of guess
0: cannon. It, dep- it de- yeah, it depends. But, but back like... then, you
3: couldn't have like an actual cannon. Just like they banned uh, fully automatic rifles after the Valentine's Day massacres.
2: When was that? Other than twenties. Oh, actually, on Valentine's Day. It
3: was. Yeah, I think it was. It was a it mob was a mafia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. mob yeah. hit went in and killed like 14 or 15. Yeah, I'm people, thinking something like
2: that. maybe because we don't live on the frontier anymore. We don't need the full open bearing arms mentality.
0: I don't think the cannon thing is accurate. I, I mean, I, I did, I did look it up and there yeah. are people saying you could not, but privateers and Corsairs existed. They, and they, maybe if it was like a well-regulated militia
3: could have a cannon. No, but
0: a privateer was like, it, it, it literally means private, Ship, it's like privateer. Pirate, yeah. Yeah. They, 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 they're not necessarily pirates, but they were responsible for a lot of the piracy because what would happen is, uh, with, with the UK, with the, with the English crown, for instance, they would issue letters of, they would issue letters of mark to a private warship hmm. or a private ship that had military capabilities. And then the letter of mark was basically like, if you screw with our enemies, then you're all good. And then what would happen is France would be like they, they would go to the, the you know, Britain and be like your 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 citizens are are, are pirates and you're signing letters of mark and then the crown would be like oh heavens we we they're criminals we had nothing to do with this <laughs> so it was it was it was like mercenary warfare essentially but people had them and well and, maybe it's
3: only specific cases you could have the cannon like if you had a ship
0: maybe huh, and maybe that, that was it sense. but yeah. you I, couldn't
3: have one in your backyard or on your hmm. farm.
0: I know today that like uh, Luke recently sent me a, um, a, I guess it's it was like an artillery Gatling gun of some sort <laughs> with like, it's got two wheels and it's this massive thing. He and sent
3: you a Tommy gun? <laughs> you're no, not allowed to I, have that.
0: Well, not, not full <laughs> auto, but you can, have it, you, can have it, you can have a Tommy gun. Yeah. Um, but Gatling there's, Gatling guns. guns are legal. Gatling guns totally legal. So each crank is a trigger pull. So you're allowed to go. And so he's like showing me this like rotating nine millimeter or whatever with these huge magazines. He's like, I think you should get this. And I'm like, bro. I don't think I need, yeah, <laughs> I don't really. think I need that.
3: Well, well, I why it, it not? You never know.
0: know. Yeah. <laughs> Stephen Crowder did like a big thing about this, about what the founding fathers thought and expected when it came to weapons and what were available at the time. And I guess a lot of, a lot of people, you know, these, these liberals who, interestingly now are the ones who are very much so buying a lot of these weapons, that there were very serious technological advancements mm. in terms of uh, firearms back in the day, they just weren't common. So while people were using like flintlock pistols and muskets and stuff, there were there. I think there was one like he showed where it's got like sixteen barrels and they were each loaded and you could like fire them all rapid succession and those were legal and allowed. It's just people. It was easier and cheaper to have the standard you know single shot or whatever. So I guess I guess it is an interesting argument about what they actually thought, but as far as I can tell. You know, maybe maybe by today's standards, the founding fathers would look and be like, oh, heavens, people have yeah. like, why didn't they guns. change this yet? But hold on. That would that would apply to everything else, too. Like, OK, well, then you don't have free speech on social media. You don't you know, you're, you're not allowed to use telephones because like the, the idea that you aren't allowed to have your First Amendment rights, your right to worship because technology changed, you know, well beyond what they expected to happen. Communications over the Internet is not guaranteed. And I guess they're arguing that. To a certain extent, but it, no, like technology changes, but our rights change with them. So a better example is probably the Fourth Amendment, metadata. If you are, you have private information you do not expect people to see, then it is a violation of of your your uh, uh, rights to illegally search and or seize your private information. There was no such thing as metadata back then, but we still, I think, for the most part, agree. The NSA is bad. You know, spying on us and stealing our data is a violation of our right to be free from this intrusion. And so when it comes down to the Constitution, I actually think there are some things that we 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 don't want even the state to use against its people or the people to have because weapons are becoming extremely powerful, particularly directed energy weapons. Cats out of the bag, though. There's two big points. The Constitution is there. And just because I might, might not agree with it, I, I don't feel like I have the right to take it. You do.
2: A, you have the right to amend it.
0: I have the right to, to uh, express my opinion like I'm doing now, but I don't I don't believe that these these politicians who are passing these laws have a right to do that unless they amend the Constitution. So by all means, we can have a conversation, but if you don't get that two-thirds majority, then they, it should not be done. The question is, should we amend it? At this point, it doesn't matter. What do you mean? 3D printed guns.
2: Like there's no stopping. But should we have the right to bear arms? Yes. Should everyone have the explicit yep. right to walk around with the open carry weapon? Yep. Even in a city where they're, you're yep. packed together and it's like yes. 20, 30 people sitting on a bus and everyone's got a handgun? Yep. Very polite. You Maybe not so? a handgun. Oh, yeah. I well, think so. You think so? Everything. Anything. I really... I don't, you can have like... Really? The, it's, what listen, about if a little kid had one? What yep. What about if a kid reached over and grabbed your gun or something? No, that's theft. The but it was a kid, it didn't know any better. What would you what? do? What if like someone's... Four-year-old reached over and tried to grab your gun.
0: Then take better care of your gun and make just sure. Just out you of your holster, a, just reached sure over and grabbed your gun. holster. Yeah, it. make sure you. What would you then, do? Would
2: you shoot the kid? Like, what do you no, do? No, no, no. Wait, no. wait, 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 wait. What would some crazy <laughs> person do? Get away the from kid's my gun. Arm.
0: It's a four-year-old, and you just What if it's like an eleven-year-old? The then you grab. You can't overpower an eleven-year-old, Ian. Of course, um, let me let me get to the point. I'm just saying. There's reasons why you don't
2: dangle candy. I'm not saying I
0: like the idea. I'm saying so long as the constitution says you have the right to keep and bear arms, I can't mm-hmm. tell someone they can't do it. I know, but, but should we change the constitution is
2: my question. Like
0: do you think there should be training for guns? You know, this
3: is like one maybe a lot of saying okay, you can Yes, absolutely. You can but what about if we said okay, you can bear it publicly as long as you've passed training
0: courses? The the I I, I don't like that idea. Why not? I guess the challenge is so long as the Constitution has it verbatim in there, I feel like it would be uh, an authoritarian violation of other people's rights to supersede the supreme law of this land. That includes all of the amendments as well, like Fifth Amendment, Fourth Amendment, Third. I don't think we have to worry about the Third Amendment because troops aren't going to be coming to our houses, but, you know, whatever. You don't know that. I mean, look what they're doing. I know for real I mean, third amendment I might become might become important. I I used to actually think more along the lines of there's probably reasonable restrictions we can put in place and you know much like the first amendment I think there are some reasonable interpretations don't commit a crime. So with the first amendment we have a right to free speech, freedom of assembly, religion, the press and a right of grievances and those are all fairly straightforward and we know what they can do and what we can do and if someone commits a crime by instructing or inciting violence That is not protected. In fact, it says peaceably assemble. And so that I understand. That's not, in my opinion, a restriction on the First Amendment, which says speech and and reason and and peaceably assemble if you are committing a crime. There is a challenge because crimes can, laws can be changed and other things can become crimes. They can say, okay, if you, one of the arguments we have to be careful of, and this is why I'm, I'm still very much more absolute on, on free speech issues, not completely though, is they'll say, all right, if committing a crime is the threshold by which you don't have the right to say something like telling someone to go commit harm or murder somebody. Charles Manson. Then what if they pass a law saying hate speech is a crime? And now they can say, OK, well, now that offending someone is a crime, you can't cross the threshold of committing a crime. So it's it's very difficult. And that's why the Constitution exists for, a, for an important reason. Founding fathers were very concerned about tyranny. More so, the Bill of Rights was the anti-federalists who were concerned that centralization of federal authority would cause another situation like they had with the crown. So we got these guaranteed rights. If you want them to change, we have an amendment process for this. So as much as I might be like, in Chicago, we got gun problems. In New York, if – you know, we had – when we were talking with Luke about this, it was interesting because I said, bro, if you're in a, in a cubicle apartment stacked on top of a bunch of concrete shoeboxes smelling like sour milk – and someone breaks in and you've got, you know, like a 308 rifle. You're going to go through the walls. You might hit somebody. That's really bad. And Luke's instinctive reaction was maybe we ban, you know, maybe we don't allow certain calibers. And I was like, oh, there it is. It's exactly, exactly the logic people use. And I totally understand it. If you're in New York and someone tries robbing you and you pull out your gun, you can cause a lot of collateral damage mm-hmm. because you're pro- you, you'll probably miss. People don't realize even people who are good at shooting might be in an intense situation. They're, they panic, they miss. They hit something. They hit somebody else. So naturally, people in big cities say, we want gun control laws. My problem is, okay, but you need to amend the Constitution. We can't just say the Constitution is meaningless because either Mm. it matters or it doesn't. And I do not believe that I have the authority or any politician does to be like, Constitution doesn't matter.
2: I guess that's why we don't – why the Constitution says anyone can do it and then it's like a state by state or locality by locality thing. Because you don't want to ban the open right to carry in – you know, rural Idaho, when just because the New York City is too close, people are too close together. Yeah,
3: but we don't do that with free speech. We don't say, well, it's based on which city you live in. So, you know, you should have the right to say what you want to say if you're in rural Idaho, but not if you're in New York City. I mean, we, you know, so on that point, we don't have it municipality by
0: municipality. We do it, you know, it's a blanket free speech. Maybe the issue is just, listen, you're responsible for whatever comes at the end of that barrel. And if you live in New York and you own a gun and you have it on you and you use it and whatever it hits, you're responsible for. The same is true for anywhere you live. Yeah, but if I'm
3: dead, I'm not going to care how responsible you were held to whatever it was, right? Like at that point, I'm already – I've already been victimized or I've already had to take the bullet, literally. And you maybe get punished, but what does that do to help me? And I think that's why, you know, they make these laws because they're trying to prevent – from me ever having that situation not it's not about you won't get punished it's about i won't be victimized
0: it's uh it's a it's it's an ethical conundrum to say the least and uh Man, we just really love, really love making sure everybody knows who Michael Malice is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hope said, you talk
3: about me as well, yeah, we you know, as much he's, as you talk I gotta, about I gotta, him to i gotta, gotta tell He's just <laughs> got these <laughs> really
0: good points. His beautiful and I eyes. <laughs> it's,
2: it's <quite laughs>
3: nice. I'm going to be listening every day, and if I don't well, hear he my said, <laughs> name at least three times a show. <laughs> he said, oh oh gosh, my, wow. my,
0: my rights are not up to a vote. And I'm like, man, he's got But they are, point. aren't
2: they? You can vote to amend the Constitution and change people's rights.
0: So the issue is, yes, but I think the the, the the simple simple way to look at it is so long as the Constitution guarantees your right to bear arms to keep them, then then it needs to be all the states coming together and changing that and not some Rep Kinzinger in Illinois huh. being like, I think we should have expanded background checks banning the private sale of firearms. So do you agree with banning
3: certain weapons or all weapons from those who've committed? Absolutely not. So even those who've committed violent crime with weapons and then they get out of jail.
0: They pay their debt to society.
3: And so you think they should be allowed to own a weapon again?
0: Yes. Even those
3: who committed violent crime with a gun.
0: They're out of prison. Yeah. So they pay their debt to society. Well, maybe. They should be allowed to vote. They be allowed, yeah, I agree. No, they, I should agree be allowed, that they should get all of their rights reinstated upon completion. All of completion, them, including, wow. The right to bear arms. I don't know. Absolutely. I hadn't thought
3: about that. I mean, I definitely think felons who've, who've paid their price and have come out should have the right restored to vote and bear arms. And I, travel, everything. Yeah, everything, I, except I don't know about whether or not, you know, domestic violence, you know, especially guys that have committed acts of domestic violence. They go in, they come out, and they serve very little time. And then, you know, the, so not everybody does pay a, a, what I would consider a reasonable debt to society.
0: It is better that 10 guilty persons escape than one innocent person suffer. I will take the, the, the liberty-based view that we must protect the, the rights of the individual the, and, and, and those who have done right by our system and our rules over fear that there may be a risk. Like, uh, it, it, we mentioned this the other day, I think it was Otto von Bismarck or whatever who said it is better that 10 innocent people suffer than one guilty person escape. Somebody who's suicidal. What do you think?
3: Should they have the right to bear arms?
0: Yes. Even if you know... I'm, a, I'm in favor of assisted suicide.
3: Yeah, but this is different than assisted suicide. This is somebody who's, um, you know, down. they're feeling very down. They, they're not seeing the, the light at the end of the tunnel, right? They're feeling... And this is something that could be corrected, fixed, but not if they have a shotgun.
0: Not if they have a butter knife.
3: But I agree with you on you know, on uh, physician-assisted suicide, for sure. That has you, to you, happen. You,
0: you see the, uh, the Dark Knight? You know, the, the old Batman movie? Yeah. Joker made a pencil disappear. You know that scene? No. It's a very brutal scene where yeah. he comes into the mobsters and, he, and they're like, what do you want? He's like, I'm going to show you something. I'm doing a magic trick. And he oh, slams oh, the right. pencil. Uh, I'm going to make it disappear. And then oh, he grabs, right. slams the guy's head into it. The pencil's gone. The, the reason I bring that up is like If somebody, if somebody is determined to cause themselves harm and end their life, what they need is help. And I, one of the reasons I'm in favor of assisted suicide is not because I'm like, yes, someone should just help them die. It's because they'll talk to somebody first they'll go through a process to make sure they actually, it's actually something that should happen and oftentimes a lot of people might have a chronic disease or like cluster headaches where their life is just pure psychotic misery and agony and they're desperate nothing will relieve their pain oftentimes they're going through a period of depression and it'll put it'll help them go through therapy as opposed to taking their taking their taking action on their own the the gun argument for suicide overlooks the fact that people will get drunk and then sink into a bathtub or they'll take pills and then sink into a bathtub Drop a toaster in the bathtub and a bunch of other really awful things.
3: Well, I don't know. I think, you know, for a lot of people, they they maybe want to end their life, but they want to do it quick and easy. And they can't fathom doing it in some, you know, drawn out way that's going to cause a lot more pain or harm. They want something quick. Um, it and, tends you know, that to be, it is tends the number one Right, it does. Yeah. And, it, and it is the number one, you know, when people talk about all the gun violence, right, whenever they're mentioning yep. all the gun suicide. violence, all these things, it's mostly suicide. That's true. And so
0: that's so, you know, so
3: maybe there should be some sort of provision where it is like a seven year. You know, that's what California does. Seven years. You can't own a weapon if after
0: ever been suicidal or an attempt, an attempt. Right. After for seven years. I think that's way too long. Way mm-hmm. too long. Yeah, it I, might be know, long. Yeah, that might be a bit. Prison's
2: long. intense, though. The way our prison structure is, is it makes people mm-hmm. radicalize. Oh, absolutely. For the most part. So a gun violent of a violent gun offender goes in there, comes out. Good chance that he or she is crazier than they were when they right. went in. So I don't
0: the, the the main issue with the suicide thing is, I'll, I'll put it this way: I would absolutely love it if there was a way to reasonably have someone who is suicidal not have access to a gun or something they could use to end their life. One of the reasons I'm in favor of assisted suicide is that we want to encourage as many people to go to, to go to a doctor and for therapy to talk about why they feel this way and determine if it actually is something they should they need. Most people. Oh, probably- so
3: you mean you're for physician
0: assisted suicide even if the person's healthy? And they want to end their life. No, 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 no. I'm saying it would encourage people who are suicidal to go to a doctor, and then the doctor would be like, no. You know what I mean? I don't know if... I mean, if they... Unless they were led to believe that that was an option.
3: Like, if I can go to my doctor and I could tell them I'm suicidal, I don't want to do this anymore, help me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but that's different than like... Well, so there would be criteria, but I do believe there are a lot of people who would be like, my life sucks, I'm miserable, and I think I might qualify, they'll go to a doctor. Uh, Whatever we can do... They'd have to be crazy and suicidal, I think. I think... It's it's it may not be a perfect solution, but whatever we can do to encourage people who are suffering to go to a doctor yeah. in any capacity. Right, right. So I would love it if we could be like, OK, let's but take they can't if they're dead because they've shot themselves because well, we let them have then, a gun. Then how do you take away their gun before they were suicidal? Before you knew they were. suicidal. Well, you didn't.
3: Right. So they had the option at that point, And so we're not not. It's definitely not going to cure the problem. How right? do you know some they're people, suicidal? Well, because people usually reach out at some point prior to that point. I mean, most people don't really want to end their life, and so they go through a process of reaching out before they get to that point so then, the people around them know, and then they can say, we're going to take the weapon. You're
2: talking you, just if
0: they've attempted suicide. No,
3: or they've reached out and said, I'm not, oh, you know. Because okay. they go through a process prior so here, to even hitting that point, usually. There was, a,
0: there was a story, I think this was in Maryland, I'm not sure, it might have been Baltimore area, where there was a guy, he was in his 60s, and I could be getting some of the details wrong, but the, the gist of it was, someone in his life, an ex or a family member, was feuding with him Told the police that he was unstable and unwell and armed. And so they served a red flag warrant. The police showed up to his house and he had no idea why they were there. They knock on the door and he answers the door and he's got his gun, which he's legally allowed to do. And they said, we are taking your gun. And he doesn't know why. And he said, the hell you are. And he fought with them and they shot and killed him. The problem with trying to seize someone's weapons because we think they might be suicidal is that we create conflicts where someone with a gun is now going to be engaging with police. We don't want the conflict. So it is tough. I'm not saying like, you know, if there's if there's someone who's like deranged and mentally unwell and they've got a gun, like we definitely want to prevent them from going on, you know, a killing spree or doing something really atrocious with, with it with that weapon. And figuring out the right way to go about doing that is difficult because red flag laws end up creating very dangerous circumstances and may actually end up backfiring like they did in this circumstance. And there's apparently a bunch of other stories that are similar to it. This
1: this actually happened in Colorado. This happened to someone that I'm tertiarily connected to. Um, He was a lawyer. He knew his rights. He was former military. He was armed. They served a red flag on him and it ended in his death because he barricaded himself in there and there was no getting him out
3: without
0: I mean you well, gotta you really gotta think about this too. If like these people really are unstable, then you're gonna send in police to be like, Now give us your guns when they're already you unstable. Right.
3: right. Then they're gonna that's gonna be a great way for them to commit but, suicide right then and there. Right. There's there
0: there is logic here. Right, especially. There is logic here. Like we wanna make sure these crazy psychopaths don't have access to these weapons. You know, And they can't do these things, but I don't know how you do that. I really, really don't. Criminals get guns, and there are easy ways to get guns, no matter what we do. When they ban things, people just find a way. And more importantly, 3D-printed guns. Yeah. You can get a 3D printer for a couple hundred bucks. And you can easily print, like... What, what was the one we've been talking about right now? The, the first one?
2: The ghost gun? That first, no, one, no, no, the, the first the libera- one? the first one. I think called the Liberator? The Liberator.
0: Potentially, only get one shot with those? Yeah, the original couple, ones. About one, but they, they've improved the it. And now, apparently, there's some, like... Yeah. Like better designs that can withstand and actually get a few rounds. You could easily 3D print something. F- no FGC. No,
2: not until yeah. are going
3: control. They're going to change the, uh, the tech on the printers to prevent them from being able to print a gun.
2: And the way they do that is no. by trying to hide the information or make the information illegal. It won't work. Which is why the social networking censoring thing is
0: so desperate. You 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 can't you can't do it. I mean, the CAD files There's are on no the dark way you web. It's unstoppable. It. Absolutely not. Not even
3: not even oh, just about the. They might be able to put
0: backdoors in the right, machines, that's what I mean, but you in can the build your own
2: machine. 3D printers too. I don't know. I, I doubt that anyone could ever have total control.
0: Every anymore. every time a new iPhone update comes out, some like 17 year old kid figures out how to break <laughs> Apple security, <laughs> right? And yeah. then you can install whatever you want. So I, I think more importantly is like my ideal version of a world is people have a reasonable uh, uh, armament. People who are mentally ill or suicidal aren't armed. We have restrictions to make sure that the people who have weapons are intelligent, well-trained, well-informed. The first problem I encounter is the Constitution. It doesn't say what the qualifications are, It just says that people have a right to do it, and we need to have, a, have an amendment if we want that to be considered. And then beyond that is how do you actually implement any of these controls without actually just infringing on the rights of those who are intelligent, well-meaning, lawful citizens? Because I grew up in Chicago where guns were like, they're basically illegal. And every criminal has one. Like, I I, 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 I was a high school fight. I was 14, a couple blocks from my house. And some 15-year-old kid had a gun. Mm-hmm. They can just get it so easily. And so all that really ends up happening is that no one anywhere nearby had any means of protecting themselves from this person who had a gun. And so you get a lot of murders on the south side. And there's nothing anyone can do because they're not legally allowed to defend themselves when they see it. Maybe it wouldn't be a, a perfect world having a very dense population and everyone being armed because people might panic and you get a lot more shootings. But what's the alternative? I, I don't know what, it, what what that world would look like. I do know the world we, we have now is in Chicago. There was a a, a, a friend of a friend of mine. Uh, he, he wasn't someone I knew, but it was someone my friends were friends with. Took two in the chest because he was sitting in front of the wrong house in his car. And that was it. Someone walked out and, and, and had a gun and they couldn't do anything. And he went, pop, pop.
3: Well, I definitely think, and kind of back to one of my original points, is that um, we can curb gun violence by creating a happy population. And when people feel like they're happy and they have opportunity and they've got a good life in front of them, they don't turn to violence and crime. We, we know this. This is why we're seeing an uptick, a major uptick right now in violent crime. Murders, I think, are up 30 percent in the entire country, over 30, maybe 38 percent, I think was the yeah. last data I read. Um, and that is because, you know, people without jobs, people without opportunity, people struggling. And the they, police have
0: been defunded. Well, in and, many of these cities.
3: Yeah, on top of it. So I think, um, but even if they weren't, I think we'd still see the uptick because people are feeling more desperate and we are all animals at our core. I don't think any of us are better than anybody. We all can revert to that animalistic side of us. And so I think that if we want to curb gun violence, Um, probably one of the better measures, because you look at a country like Switzerland where everybody's got a gun um, and they have very little gun violence, but they're all very happy and they're all cared for. They they are a happy population. They don't feel like they have to resort to any of that.
0: I think the the main issue is, I'm going to avoid using the principal buzzword because I know it'll trigger the left, but uh, I'll just say we have disparate cultures in this country. And that means uh, actually. Let me. I'll, I didn't
3: I'll, get triggered only because I
0: don't know what that means.
3: <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Yeah, don't use fancy words with me, Tim.
0: <laughs> so, what is what does multiculturalism mean to you? Multiculturalism, yeah. multiple cultures. And so, American culture. How would you define American culture? Multicultural. Well, I mean, that seems to be like mm-hmm. I guess kind of paradox, circular logic, or paradoxical. <laughs>
3: I don't think, well, you know, in my world, there isn't an American culture. That's like, I think what maybe others would think of as American culture. Like, I think they think of, you know, cheeseburgers. I think they think of like nah. my dad's life, where my dad grew up in Idaho, you know, on a farm with um, blonde hair, blue eyes, you know, went to church, well, does had your, pigs or something. Does you know, your, does your know. mom believe in free speech? yeah but so that's why to me american culture is different right because i'm an american and i was raised here but my mom is vietnamese and my mom's side of the family is vietnamese and they're very american i mean my mom is a big trump supporter um ironically you know my dad's side of the family idahoans farmers not tr- they were bernie
0: total progressive, very similar experience it's very strange <laughs> like the, yeah the, the, the korean side of my family is it's not entirely trump but you know it's more so. Interestingly. Yeah.
3: yeah. And my mom's side of the family, these are the refugees that, by the way, went through some of those camps that you have to go through in order to process. They went through the processing centers um, and uh, people so, of color, you know, living in California and they're the big Trump supporters. They're, they're,
0: they're, uh, the idea of multiculturalism has two meanings. M- to the progressives, it means that under this big shared hum- human experience, we all have different ways of living, different clothes, and different ways of speaking. But all of these cultures can exist side by side. You think so? That that's what liberals think? I don't think so. You don't think so? No. Well, you said really? progressive.
2: You said liberal.
0: Oh. You... Well, there's an overlap between the two. I mean... No, I think You don't think, think, that... think progressives feel that way about multiculturalism? No, I don't think that's, a, that's what they want. What? No. What do, you, what do you think they mean by it? Because
3: they cancel all of that. So It's like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> okay, it's like you're great. not allowed no, you, to be
0: different. Yeah. Right. No. Well, they segregate it they yeah well so it's 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 like a honeycomb of like your culture goes here and ours go here and we don't interact i thought bernie
2: sanders was like the penultimate progressive he wouldn't he's not at all like that he's so like loving of all people
3: no no he went on stage
0: yeah he went on stage Uh and said white people don't know what it's like to be poor yeah
3: he changed 2016 bernie so i'm a 2016 bernie that's my love 2020 bernie he turned into aoc Serious. And I think that's actually what he did. He he saw her and how popular she was and becoming, and I think he adopted a lot of her rhetoric and it was a mistake. Yep. Same with like Trump, had he just stuck with his twenty sixteen campaign message. Oh, and had Bernie gosh. stuck with his twenty sixteen campaign message, yeah, both of them right, it
0: would have been a very different outcome. I love this this fact check from PolitiFact. Bernie Sanders, when you're white, you don't know what it's like to be poor. And oh. they say, false. <laughs> and I think it's funny just because, like, it's such a weird thing to say. <laughs> like, of course white people know what it's like to be poor. Oh and it's also like, how do you actually prove what white people know? Because you can't read their minds. But we all just know they do know what it's like to be poor. It's a weird thing to fact check. Because that it's is. kind of just like, well, it's common sense. If, if a white person is poor, they probably know this. Why would Bernie say that on March 6, 2016? He <laughs> said that.
2: You when like you're relative relative white, you don't know what it's like to be poor? global poverty. And he's assuming that most of the white people no, I thought live it was in false. Like, Europe, like it's France. False. And... He didn't say that. No, no,
0: he did say it. But well, he's th- false about it. They're saying his statement is, is false.
3: Oh, that's what oh, they're saying. His right. statement is Bernie false, Sanders not didn't, oh, did, oh, wow. say did say this. Wow. So it. he
0: said, quote, when you're white, you don't know what it's like to be living in a ghetto. You don't know what it's like to be poor. You don't know what it's like to be hassled when you walk down the street or you get dragged out of a car. Sanders said when you're white, you don't know what it's like to be poor. PolitiFact rates this statement as a false statement. I think it's funny because you can't read the minds of white people and assume they know what it's like to be poor. But considering the fact that white poor people are the there are more white poor people than any other, you know, demographic, then it's fairly obvious. So Bernie would
2: like he got arrested for sitting on civil rights in his early days. But Mm -hmm. he was
0: co-opted by this progressive mind bug, bro. He stopped saying millionaires. He still, I heard him say it a couple of weeks ago. Well, there, as soon as he became a millionaire, there was, it was, it was a, it was a progressive out, out, uh, uh, outlet that mentioned this too. I can't remember which one. They were like, you can, I think it may have been like Axios or something. That's not super progressive, which just like kind of mainstream left. They said, you can track the moment when Bernie Sanders became a millionaire by when he stopped saying millionaires and billionaires and began only saying billionaires. Uh-huh. And then you can actually look at the chart and see it.
2: In a way is right because it's the billionaire class that's like, Choosing global policy at Davos. $999 right. million heirs. You don't have a lot of those at Davos. I mean, you might, but most of those people are bro, like
0: multi-billionaire
2: t- worth $20 billion, $50 billion,
0: I was at the World Economic Forum a couple of years ago. A lot of people who are not rich who are totally on board with everything they're doing yeah. and are all about this. But are there,
2: were you, like, choosing global policy? Were no, not Were you invited me. into the back rooms? Yeah, those people are, like – I was invited to a like, ski
0: resort to, like, hang out they, with some of these people. They
2: own, like, cities and – I mean, maybe millionaires not, do, too. Not
0: every single person who's
3: invited in has that right. level of wealth. Some
2: people are just famous. So, but even
3: if you have 500 million, you're still living at the same level as a billionaire in a lot of ways. And, and, and you like can same control. But it's a very different lifestyle than 10 million. Right.
2: Oh, yeah. And, and, and 10000000000 billion. You'd have like 50 companies if you were at $10 billion not with not, $500 million, maybe like three, two, not, four. Not necessarily. But I think they're
3: living a similar lifestyle. How many yachts can you have, you know? It's, I, I would say not necessarily, oh, but
0: <laughs> there's a certain amount of money where you can completely influence politics to an insane degree. But let, let, let's go back a little bit, you know, because we're, we're talking a little bit about Bernie, but I do want to mention the multiculturalism thing because we're talking about Switzerland and gun crime and stuff. And the issue is they're extremely culturally homogenous, I don't know if that I, that, that, I hate that argument. I went to Sweden, and I was told by all of these people on the right that there was a serious crime wave from refugees and migrants. I was told on the left it was not true, that crime was worse among native Swedes and things like that. It turns out the right-wing narrative was particularly exaggerated. I don't think from many of the conservatives it was intentional. I think what happened was there was a crime wave happening in some cities, notably Malmö, and they saw m- their murder rate spike by like 1,300%. That's shocking, isn't it? This is true. Right, Murder in MoMA, year over year, went f- went up 1,300%. Now, when conservatives heard that, they were like, geez, what is happening in this place? Well, they recently took in a bunch of refugees. That must be the issue. It went from one murder to 13 murders. It was the children of, of refugees and migrants from 20-something years ago, and even maybe the grandchildren— and the crime was gang-related, not refugees from the Middle East. And it was one murder to 13 murders. So while it was a massive percentage increase, when you realize, like, okay, that is bad, but their crime is still ridiculously low relative to anybody else, we definitely don't want crime on the rise. But a lot of people in the United States and the UK hear that, and they imagine the cities are burning mm-hmm. down, and it's, like, this massive increase in crime. And then many on the left just, like, out, like outright denied that it was happening. Mm-hmm. What I ended up finding out when I went to Sweden was that when they brought in a lot of Somali refugees in the 90s, they put them in enclaves where they had almost no opportunity to integrate with the Swedish economy. It's not about culture. It's not about language. It's about the ability to get a job. And if right. you can't get a job, you, you become poor. And if you're poor, you become—poverty uh, breeds crime. What ended up happening was I was told by many people in Sweden that these young men in places in some of these places, uh, Rosengard or whatever, that they're they're called immigrants— by people in Sweden, even though they were born in the country. If they go and visit their relatives in Somalia, they're called Swedes because they have accents and they're not from Somalia. So here they are, people who struggle to find work, who can't find work, and are and are basically isolated from Swedish culture because of the racism of Sweden. Sweden is one of the most racist places I've ever been to, mind you, absolutely. These people can't get jobs. They turn to lives of crime out of desperation and disdain. They don't view the police as having any authority over them because they don't feel like they're a part of that community because they were raised as being told they were immigrants when they were born in the country. Mm -hmm. That lack of integration and that separation of their two cultures means they didn't care about the Swedish people, and the Swedish people certainly didn't care about them. They changed the policy uh, uh, recently—this is years ago, mind you—but they changed the policy when I was there so that when new migrants and refugees were were coming in, they were strategically placed— so they, they were absolutely placed into the economy with an opportunity to work and go to school and have jobs. And that seemed to have been helping a lot of the issues. What ended up happening was there's a couple different ways we can experience multiculturalism. But the idea that's being pushed by the left, as you noted, the segregation idea is going to result in serious crime and violence. And so you'll have people who own guns and they'll use them against those who are not a part of their community. The I think the easiest way to understand it. There's, there's, there's a saying that, the, that many activists have, snitches get stitches. I think a lot of people say that. And you're also not supposed to cross the thin blue line or what, you know, whatever that saying is. There are many instances where we have seen police officers commit crimes and then the other cops will lie to protect them. I know this firsthand because there was a guy in New York who was falsely accused of a crime. I happen to have been live streaming and filmed it. And the officer who grabbed the, the, the supervisor who grabbed the guy instructed a different cop to lie on her arrest documents about what he did, and she did it, no problem. And she went to court and lied under oath, no problem. And then the defense said, here's the footage proving you lied. And they said, officer, you're free to go have a nice day case dismissed. And they asked, no no one one seemed to care that these cops just did this. At the same time, Antifa will go around throwing explosives at people, and left-wing activists in Portland will lie and shield them to protect them. People in certain communities do not rat on their own. They never do, and they tell you not to do it. During Occupy Wall Street, there were several women who were assaulted inside the Zuccotti Park camp, and they explicitly told everyone, don't tell the police it happened, because then the cops will come in and we'll have to deal with them smearing us, so we'll take care of it ourselves. What happened? Those those men who were abusing those women in the tents while holding them down and just really awful stuff got away with it, because they didn't want to look bad. They didn't want their community to be harmed. They would not turn on people inside the camps. So the the, the issue I, I see here is that we want integration and we want shared cu- cultures and, and experiences, but as you noted, the the modern progressives are segregating and canceling everybody who do these kinds of things. You know, yeah, like, you're culturally appropriating if you
3: yep. you know try to mix in. But I think that you know that's not a homogenous. I don't know if like Switzerland, for example, has a low crime rate because they're homogenous. The, the reason I have an issue with that argument is because I don't think it has anything to do with homogeny. It has everything to do with what you pointed out really was classism. So it's that they, they're all in it's the same point. class, right? So they're right. economically all having all kinds of opportunity. So in Sweden, had they given the opportunity to those groups and not, and I don't even think you need to actually integrate them in to give them that opportunity. And the Vietnamese community, which is my community, is a good example of that. Vietnamese people, yeah, well, it, well, in some ways, uh, Vietnamese people have, largely segregated themselves. They prefer to live together in one community, like little Saigon down in Orange County. They prefer it. They'll commute hours just to go back home and live in their community. So they actually sort of self-segregate. But because they had opportunity and the ability to go and start businesses and the ability to thrive, there's very little crime now. But when I was a kid growing up, how many times did I see, was I victim of, Home burglarizing, home, home invasion. My grandmother was a home invasion victim where they tied her up, beat her up for like four hours. That was going on in my community, in the Vietnamese community, when there was a lack of opportunity. Or, or I would say not lack of opportunity because the opportunity was there. It's just that they were still poor.
0: I, I think, I think you're right. And I'll, and I'll amend my statement. I think there are issues where communities don't hold their own accountable. But I do think poverty poverty was the driving force. You yeah, know, looking at what was happening, what was happening in Sweden, it was specifically because the children of these migrants couldn't get work. Right, and so you had a poor community that was desperate and also kind of shunned, and that bred, you know, that breeds crime. And then the community factor kind of plays a role in this as well. So, how
2: how do you feel about universal basic income?
3: Uh, you know, I don't know how I feel about it yet. So I was a big Andrew Yang fan too. You know, I like him and stuff. And I, so I don't want to say no to it, but I'm also not ready to buy into the idea yet.
2: Do you think that it would help people break the class barrier? And
3: it's hard to say, right? Because, or a landlord says, I know now you've gotten a thousand extra dollars a month. So now I'm going to raise the rent. I mean, so that's kind of my, when the, when, especially in a society that we are in, which is capitalist society, right? If the people know that you have the means and the ability to pay, they will raise the price. This is what the we the problem we actually – the fundamental problem we have with banks is that banks will say, well, um, like this is why student education I think has gone through the roof is because when the government said especially we'll do federally backed student loans, then the banks are like, well, then you know, we'll go ahead and uh, give you a bunch of loans and um, – and, you know, and, and then the institutions were like, well, wow, okay, then we'll go ahead and um, uh, raise the price of tuition because we know you're going to get the loans. It's a guarantee. Right. It's guaranteed. Free so money. Were, right. They were able to just continue raising and raising and raising. And so that's my that's my one concern with the universal basic income is that it would create that same sort of, well, you have federal guaranteed money. And so, therefore, I know what I can yep. do in response is raise prices.
0: Yeah. Right. that That's actually a good point a lot of people don't bring up. Yeah. There's talk about inflation. You know, if if the average working person, if, you know, uh, their labor is valued less or or uh, or it's more expensive now because they already have access to, you know, resources and revenue, then all the prices of everything is going to go up. It's a weird thing that I think a lot of progressives don't seem to understand when it comes to the arguments about minimum wage. I, I, I used to be a, a pretty good, pretty big proponent of increasing it to a certain extent. Slow rolled increase. And then I literally met an accountant for my business. And I asked him and I, I talked to uh, a couple different accountants. They were all Democrats, you know, in, in the blue areas, in the Philly area. And they all basically said the same thing. Yeah. Uh, like 30% of my clients lost their business when the, when the minimum wage went up because you might increase the wages for these people, but that doesn't mean the business has the money to pay them. And if they don't, if, if they're operating on a, on a skeleton crew staff already as a small business, all of a sudden their liabilities jump 30% employment taxes and wages because it's all of the employees but their money in the bank stays the same Mm -hmm. so all of a sudden overnight they're insolvent they're gone right so it
3: didn't work you know there's um and i you know and i have um mixed feelings too about you know i i so i'm naturally by default you know a leftist so i automatically okay raise minimum wage fine sounds good everybody's on board But I think there's another way to do it that's actually more effective and would resolve that problem. And it would be to tie wages to the highest paid person in the organization. And Germany, what they do there is everyone can see what everybody makes in an organization. So at BMW, for example, everybody knows what everybody is making there. They tell every they know everybody knows where they're at. And they all know how they can get raises And it's like, you could have a janitor at BMW making more money than somebody who's at a different job, but that's because the janitor's been there for 20 years and it's a set system and everybody knows and it's all understood. And so then when you find out somebody's making a certain amount of money, because it's extremely transparent, you don't have any questions of why, you know, you know, why they're making the money that they're making. But I think that there's a way to tie, um, and you know, you know, who else does that? Who does, um, transparent wages is Whole Foods. I believe everybody at Whole Foods knows what everybody makes. And there's a couple of other companies that do it. But I think if you tie the wage to a percentage of whatever the, the top person is making.
0: I'm going to have to shatter that beautiful dream of yours. It's, don't. Why? Why? <laughs> That's what he does. So uh, profit. Passive income. It's, it's amazing. Uh, you could do something very clever. You could be the CEO of a multi-million dollar company with a million-dollar salary, and then announce to the world that you know what? Wealth inequality in this country is wrong. I am lowering my salary to what? What did Harvard say? Harvard said you need like seventy-seven thousand dollars or whatever to be happy, eighty thousand dollars, and then I'm going to use that money to give everybody a raise. And then you, you give your employees a raise and everyone's like, look at this guy who's a bastion of good left libertarianism is really helping. And then you look at your bottom line and you're like, OK, so I took off about nine hundred twenty thousand dollars of my salary, which was taxed at the employment rate, which is seven point five on my end and seven point five on the business end. Now that it's passive income, I save seven point five percent and make way more money. Congratulations. You found a way to make 70 plus grand while pretending to lower your wage. If well, so the I, company, I, it so, could so also look,
3: be tied to the revenue of the company. So you could tie it all together. So there could be a system where it's like, okay, you know, the the well, like in Japan and in Germany, for example, it's really
0: immoral for CEOs to get paid a certain amount of it's a, money. It's a it's a cultural enforcement, a social enforcement. Right. That well, yeah. So here's the here's the here's the issue uh with tying it to revenue. One of the one of the difficult things too about running a business is when you have to it's it's a really, really weird thing at the end of the year. When depending on what kind of business you have, you have to pay taxes on the money, but you need that money to operate. And so it's kind of frustrating where it's like, you might have a good month and you're like, this is wonderful. I have enough. That's like a safety net to make sure my company can function. And now I have to give a chunk of that to the government. But it's like, all that happened was a day passed, you know? So if, if, if it, one of the, one of the hardest things is when, if you try tying revenue to the highest paid person. What happens if you bring in a good amount of revenue and you want to expand and invest and grow the company and hire more people? Well, you can't now because you made too much. You got to pay everyone a lot more money. Could you then defer it by saying, wait, I'm not going to pay them more money, more money because I'm going to actually going to hire 10 more people and create 10 more jobs, which lowers our, well, it doesn't lower your revenue. It lowers your, it, it increases your expenses and lowers your profits. So do you have it be tied to the profit? Well, then someone can just, I'm giving myself a, a, a you know, an IR, a, a bonus. I'm gonna be giving myself a CD as an executive bonus, which is not income that can be taken today. There's, there's one in one ways to, to to get around this stuff.
3: I actually don't think you can get a- around it with the passive income thing. Now that I'm thinking more about it, if if um, they would make a rule that the owner could not, so not so you couldn't be the owner, so it would be the highest. So and that's the highest what, paid
0: employee versus the lowest paid employee. Right.
3: So the owner is not and that, they already do this with the corporations as it is. You know, there's so many. And, you know, I know all this sounds really complicated, but as it is, come on, our taxes are so complicated. Yeah, we no. could just, ex, you know, make some extra complications to this. It's not that big of a deal. But I think that they could say exempt from owner. You know, there's like just like right now with pass through corporations, they've got certain things where they say, OK, but if you're an owner, that's, then you don't get this tax break. But if you are, you
0: know. That might work. The highest paid employee versus the lowest paid employee and shareholders are exempt. The, the owners, yeah. So then basically yeah, shareholders. It, it, yeah, if you have somebody who's like an executive, you know, you know, executive, vice president or something and they're like I'll only do this job for a million dollars a year and then you're like okay, well that means we got to pay the lowest paid employee, you know, like 50,000 a year.
2: Right. Then
0: that's actually really good for the business owner because you can then say, sorry, I can't give you a million dollars. Because then I'd have to pay the, the mailroom guy 50k a year and we can't afford that. We've got a thousand low level employees that would have to go up uh, substantially if we gave you that much money. So it actually is a great bargaining chip for the, uh, for the business owners to essentially be like, we can keep down. I think that actually could theoretically result in a dramatic split between the wealth, the classes, because the owners would then have in, in effect a legal uh, coordination to stop paying people more money.
3: Well, and also it would – well, for one, it would it I think would think that's prevent, a bad thing, by the way. Yeah, I, I know how well, you're bad it. But it would encourage it like bad, growth
2: but. and new employees. Like you'd rather have more employees than paying singular employees. What, what, what I mean is right. – think about it
0: this way. There are a lot of people who are not business owners who get paid lots and lots of money. Well, if the owner says, listen, if I give you that high salary, then it's actually going to increase the total company's yeah, costs. We can't do it. We can't do it. Sorry. Yeah. No,
3: you can do it if you really value that person you want to hire. So if you say, listen, this is the best CEO I could get to run my corporation. And, and now my business is at that level where I need that guy to come in and run this thing. But he's demanding $50 million to be the CEO of my corporation. Then I think it's worth the investment. You know, then you calculate this in and you say, so we're bringing it in because we're successful. We're able to bring in this guy who's successful. He's only going to make us more successful.
0: I, I see what you're saying. I'd imagine if somebody was paying a CEO fifty million dollars, we're talking about like an Amazon tier company where Bezos he actually only gets eighty three thousand a year because you know he's a billionaire from stock. Right. <laughs> but if someone if someone brought on a CEO at fifty million, we're talking like probably fifty k employees or something, or a decent amount of them probably at the lowest level. So that would mean that you're going to say fifty million dollars a year plus all of these costs. Let's say twenty five thousand people, and we're going to increase you know the you know per per employee ten thousand dollars. Now, is it really feasible? To pay all that money. You know? That's why
3: you'd have to really decide if that person was really truly worth it. And and you'd have to it couldn't just be your buddy you're trying to give a good job to. It would have to be that person is actually going to bring value to your company. You believe they're going to bring value to your company. And so you think they're worth worth that entire investment. Well, 20, Otherwise 20, you tone it down a bit on who you can hire.
0: Twenty five thousand times ten thousand. What is that? Two uh two hundred and fifty million? Is that am I doing my math wrong? Yeah, I don't know, 10, but I mean, 000. we wouldn't necessarily say
2: I should be a wizard. <laughs> but we wouldn't necessarily we... say that that's the amount of money,
3: right? Right? right, right I mean, right. so you'd set it in a way that it makes sense, and some smart accountants would sit down and actually, hopefully, maybe, it,
0: maybe it just gives every you know hourly employee another fifty cents. I think it's two or
3: maybe it ends up giving them all twenty five bucks 000? an hour.
2: What was the numbers? Twenty five bucks an hour
1: 10,
0: Yeah, maybe.
3: 10, like who knows what it does, right? But if we you know, said this is the way we're gonna do it from now on, and the highest paid employee cannot make all of the money at the company.
0: I certainly think we have we have a wealth inequality problem. And I talk about it, you know, every so often. The issue is you end up with the George Soroses and the and the Bezos'es and the and the Mercers and just really, really wealthy people 250 it? million. Two hundred and fifty million. You end up with extremely wealthy people who have all of the power. And then we're supposed to be a government of fine of buy and for the people. But let's be real, man. A regular citizen's vote is near meaningless and we all know it. And I I don't I don't I don't mean to discourage people. I mean, your votes are very important. You make sure you go out and vote. What I mean is relative to the power of a billionaire who can fund, you know, just dump money in the pockets via super PAC or by by just, you know, direct donation to every single candidate they want. And, you know, we know that the studies have shown that the public opinion has no impact on on policy. It is the donor class, the wealthy individuals who control everything. Mm-hmm. We should not be a country that does that. And I think it's one of the reasons you end up with a Bernie Sanders on the left and a Trump on the right. So I certainly think we need to figure this out. And one of the reasons I've talked about why I, I support very, very high tax brackets for the ultra wealthy. Well, let me explain, though, because there's some caveats here. The general idea is if you make $100,000 a year, you're pre- it's pretty good, man. You're, you're doing all right. I mean, COVID has really messed everything up. So it's probably need more than that at this point. But if you're spending, you know, 37% of that in taxes, how much money do you have left over to live? Not enough to live a middle class life, according to that Harvard business study. So you'd have to make maybe like 150 K to clear 80 K spending so you can have vacation, a family and food. Mm -hmm. But what if you make a million dollars a year? Now your tax bracket's higher, but you still have hundreds of thousands of dollars left over after your base expenses. Eventually people using this money can invest can grow more and power attracts power and it's a snowball rolling rolling down a hill where they gain more and more and more wealth. Then at a certain point, you have people who really, what I I call it breaking the barrier, reach that point of uh, independent wealth where they no longer have to work, they have so much money. And I don't mean like you can live off the money and retire. I mean, quite literally, they can put it in the bank and generate so much interest, they just don't have to work. Mm -hmm. That is a problem because then that massive amount of wealth and power means they can just control whatever they want they can shut down the opinions of a good working class American, some some, you know, middle class family in the middle of the country, a mom and a dad who are working to make ends meet. And they see something on the news and they say, I think I should be allowed to defend my family for burglar comes and I want the right to bear arms. And then some random dude worth worth you know, a couple billion dollars just laughs and says, too bad. I, as a single individual, am going to pour so much money into all of the candidates who want to ban guns that your opinion is meaningless. And I'm like, why should that one person supersede those two people simply based on how much money he has? There are certainly issues about free speech and your right to buy commercials and stuff. I like the idea of a progressive tax because the more power you have, the more power you can gain. And a progressive tax slowly starts to chip away at how much you're really gaining. There's a limit, though, to figure that limit out. So I'm not entirely sure. I don't think it's 90%, like some people have suggested. Maybe 55, 60% for the highest income earners. I'm talking like over 5 million a year. The main issue as to why milktoast fences are here, I don't think it can be implemented is it makes no sense to just give that money to the government to go blow up kids in Syria. So. We want to curtail the ultra elites from shutting down our rights and and shutting down our free speech. Zuckerberg dumped, what, 300 million into the election. Meanwhile, he's censoring our speech on Facebook Mm -hmm. and Twitter. I don't like these billionaires having all of that power, but I don't think giving it to the government (laughs) solves the problem. Right. I mean, libertarians will tell you why
3: even have taxes. We need to just get rid of taxes.
2: Well, if there are good, <laughs> a few good reasons for taxes, I think, are to protect our roads and our, oh, the roads. We got to protect the road the the transportation and transportation. What's happening
3: here? You guys are supposed to be far right. <laughs> know, right. What's going on? You no,
2: know, you need to, you need to protect people from mercenaries. So standing army is important. Taxes help yeah. fund the standing yep. army.
0: Yeah. I'm a big fan of, I, I really like this idea of voucher programs and choice in, in public services, yes. like schools, maybe even police departments. So, uh, we, we have public school. But everybody pays taxes. The rich will pay obviously more simply by virtue of having more money. So like 10% from someone making 10 grand is only a thousand, but 10% from someone making 100 is 10,000. So that means the poor, the rich people pay more. But everybody gets back one voucher. Then they choose the school they want to go to and they use the voucher as a equalized currency for specific services. But they all get the same voucher. Exactly. Okay. Which means people from poor neighborhoods will all of a sudden have access to the better schools. Right. And create an incentive for schools to improve and, and do better. Oh.
3: But then wouldn't that create a system where schools in the better neighborhoods would have to have admission policies and then they would get to reject certain students and then you're gonna get a lot of racist claims.
0: Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Um not, I, I don't think, you know, it's I'm 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 fairly lukewarm on a lot of the ideas because it might it might be really utopian to be able to be like, school choice is the solution. Right. And it's like you you gotta do a lot of testing. Maybe there's some pilot programs we can do and try and figure these things out. Maybe there's good evidence to suggest we should at least, you know, go for it in certain areas, see what happens. I think everybody needs to realize no matter what action we take, there will be fallout. You know, we can can change Bernie Sanders, universal health care. I love the idea. I really do. I just don't know how you do it because what 20% of our economy is based on the medical infrastructure that includes insurance companies administrative that would be wiped out if we switched the system. Plus, he's in favor of banning private insurance, which is just not a good idea at all. No one does that. Like all the universal healthcare around the world, they don't do this. I don't know why there are Americans who want to do that. That makes no sense. So it's it sounds great. This idea that we can give this service someone, but there's so much in between that, like if we just right now flipped, snapped our fingers and said, okay, it's all universal healthcare. Then I think there's like 4 million jobs that get wiped out overnight. And even Bernie has talked about this. So how do you do it? I'd love to. don't know if you can but i think those a a job those
3: jobs would be recreated and i think it's not like coal miners to learn to code am i allowed to even you know yeah Yeah, so yeah yeah. yeah. (laughs) so I, i think it's a different system from you know i think that the the jobs are equivalent in a lot of ways or similar so that people would then move from the private insurance companies and then they would switch over to working those many jobs that would be created by but that, that system, it would be a similar job.
0: So the issue I, I have there is just, you know, telling Clarence, who's been working this job for, you know, private tech health for 20 years, you're fired. Don't worry. At some point, a new job will emerge, and then you'll figure it out. In well, that's the meantime, why I think
3: Bernie said it would be two years of pay for them because they believe it would take two years
0: to get them retrained and moved into those new jobs. I just I think that that ignores the human experience. I think people like their jobs. Not everybody. Some but people, they would have the
3: same job. Especially it would just be... No, I mean, like, if Most it's a
0: two-year transition like period where, like, all of a sudden their job is gone.
3: Well, they would go to school. Or they would be training with the new company, a lot of it,
0: right? I think, you know, uh, Joe Biden said, when we shut down Keystone, don't worry, there'll be new green jobs.
3: Right, yeah. And that didn't happen. That's
0: different, though, because those jobs are very different. So I think... Well, no, I mean... Well, to, to an extent, yeah, absolutely. I think in the... Private healthcare industry, there's an, there's an overlap, but I still think they're going to be different jobs. You're not going to do the same kind of paperwork for the government you would do for a private corporation. And then we're also telling, you know, four million people or whatever that, sorry, your jobs are gone.
2: You could tell them like in advance, like, Hey, hey, Clarence, you, if you're working private insurance, your job is going to be gone within the next 10 years. So well, it's up to you. I can't make you drink, but I'm leading you to the water. <laughs>
0: I think ultimately, though, we, we should go back and say, I think Bernie's plan of abolishing private health care is nuts. We should absolutely have, if we do a universal system, private as well. Mm -hmm. And that's what every single other country Mm -hmm. has. So the way I envision it is there's like a base level care. You get the flu, you break a bone, certain ailments that doctors can save you, ready and available. And then you need private supplemental for the more, much more difficult to treat ailments that are too expensive and might – Overwhelming. The chronic health
2: care, that'd be cool. Private health care for chronic health care. Things stuff. like that. But
0: acute could we, we, be all like government controlled. Exactly. So, like, if you break your arm, you go to the doctor, they patch you up, have a nice day. Um, I know the, a lot of them on the left don't like this idea because it means if you get a r- extremely rare type of cancer.
3: Yeah, like, what if you, or just cancer?
0: Private health insurance. The, Why, the, the, what the about issue,
3: doing it the way England does it?
0: How do they, how do they handle it?
3: So, they, everybody gets private, in, I mean, everybody gets public insurance, like a Medicare for all system. But then if you want, extra luxuries like you want a private room at the hospital you don't want to share then, right you want four days of maternity rather than two getting kicked out of the hospital after having a baby things like that and i think they even have a system where there are some fully private hospitals and doctors
0: then maybe the private hospitals is the right way to go it still creates a challenge though because uh mm. you're you're what you'll end up with you'll end up with still extreme envy and demands
3: don't you think it would be similar to just school so right now you've got public school. All of us can put our kids into public school, but we also have the option to enrolling them in a perfectly in a in a fully private school yeah, that we no, have to pay for.
2: Because the cost of treating chronic health care can get. I, I think a lot of it's diet related. We have sixty percent obesity in the United States. I think, and that's by people by their choice to continue to eat crap. So I don't want to fund or saddle people with debt of lazy ignorant people that want to live in ignorance and poison themselves with food. Like, I think it's a little harsh. Food addiction. It's a little harsh. Food addiction is one of the most dangerous addictions on I the planet. I think
0: I think you had the sugar industry lie and manipulated people who didn't understand. And are still doing it, but and so we, to call them lazy, I think I think there's a lot of the people, people are have been used. They've been. I mean, indi- right? It's been, like a meth addiction. Re- re- it is. Remember, we had Ethan Sopley on the show, yeah. and he said he was trying everything, and he was really just like his entire life trying to figure out how to get it get but it right. But I don't want to
2: spend money treating the symptoms of the problem if we're not going to treat the problem. We have to fix the problem. Now right, that but I'm, if you into. had a
3: doctor. But if we had a universal healthcare system and everybody had a doctor, and you know this doctor is going to service however many people that they've got. And that doctor is now encouraged, because of that system, to tell everybody to start eating right. And that doctor says, take vitamin D and eat right. What what if
0: every morning at 8 a.m., every American was forced to wake up and turn their TV on where a giant face told them to do... squats now one (laughs) no that sounds too much like 1984
2: (laughs) yeah Um, exactly i like the way the fire department's built they don't get paid per fire like they don't have an incentive to go put out fires or i would see firemen starting their own fires to get paid more the doctors get paid a lot of money for selling things and giving the the antibiotics companies want to force the hey we'll pay you to sell our products certain drugs If we could remove that stuff from the industry and they were actually we don't want patients we want you to be healthy if that was their ethos then I could see a chronic healthcare right, system. Right, but the
3: only way that could be incentivized is through the government.
2: Voucher system. Oh, I don't know about that. You can just, I think we can enlighten people as private citizens too. But they're what not
3: going to make money unless the government gets involved and says, we incentivize you to have a healthy population of people. And that if, the healthier they are, we give you bonuses.
0: What, what if there was some similar type of voucher system? I don't know how that would work with hospitals, but the general idea is everybody gets equal access to certain services, but there's still a kind of market exchange so, so Private this, this so. might
1: be interesting to you. Oh, sorry. Let me push the right button here. But I actually worked for a hospital. Not the right button. Oh, my gosh. There we go. Okay, That's not the right button either. The button's uh, I'm in I'm going to push mind. all the buttons. There we go. <laughs> I've never done that before. I was going to say, um, I used to work at a hospital, literally in a hospital. And one of the things they did was they would incentivize you to uh, eat right and to weigh the right amount and to have the right cholesterol level. Um, and they would give you a reduction in your health insurance costs. They covered everything. But if you were high, they would help you figure out how to fix it. They would help you eat right. And they would help you figure out if you actually needed medicine.
3: And that was very useful for the people who worked there. It's a big company. I think we should start our own country. What do you guys think? Uh, I think we're solving all the world's problems right here. We do like a good one. We can
0: tweak. Do you like Ron Paul?
3: (laughs) I do like Ron Paul. Ron
0: Paul has this quote where he said something like, there's nothing stopping anyone from starting a socialist community or city or town. It's just that socialists want to take from you. And to step back a little bit, I saw that and I'm like, I understand he's going to talk about the socialists and say they're trying to take your stuff. Okay, fine. But there's a good point in that we could literally just buy, you know, 100 acres and then be like, okay, communism, here we go. We could build a floating island. So it, it, is, a, it is an interesting point from Ron Paul that they do just want to keep saying, we get your stuff. But like, how about you, you go and make your own commune? And there are people who did. It's about 100 people. It is a farm community and you apply to join. And if they approve you, You work and you bask in all of the glory, and everyone's friends, and then people rotate in and out and it works. They started their own system, which is very, it's it's communism. And it works because it's a small group of people who have built their own and it's democratic, right? And they're within the confines of a well-protected country. So I often say that I'm not personally a right libertarian, but I would prefer if we had to create a government out of anything, it would be more right libertarian because it means I can start my left libertarian society on my own and be left alone right. because no one's going to mess with me.
3: Well, it, because it would be democratic. Yeah. Right. Whereas you would also be able to start a community that was purely something opposite of that.
2: I saw these Bitcoin millionaires or billionaires maybe building new cities. Have you seen no, these articles? What? The high, yeah. Super high tech. Yeah, like, the high
3: tech. was. There's one that's um, coming, right, in Nevada. Okay. Um, It's already the plans. I'm pretty sure it's in Nevada, I'm pretty sure.
2: It's going to be that. That could be a possibility to like integrate machine learning and artificial intelligence and kind of fix a lot of These the. These Bitcoin
0: millionaires have done really wacky stuff. <laughs> you see that there was one Bitcoin millionaire who tried manipulating the Magic the Gathering market. <gasps> no. So his idea was that if he offered enough money, he could get someone to make a deck. It's a game for those that aren't familiar. He could get a professional player to play in a certain way that was completely unheard of because he was like, "I'll just pay you to do it." And then he thought that by having that professional play this this in this tournament, using a weird system, it would encourage younger, newer players to do the same thing, which would totally just throw the game into whack. And he dumped like forty grand into it just because he could. Wow. Yeah, these people, human mind, people who got rich overnight, and are just like, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, forty grand. I'm a Bitcoin. We need to get those
2: people together and give them some purpose, because there's a lot of Bitcoin money out there right now.
0: They need Elon Musk to like sit down and give them a pep talk. A lot of them are smart people who got rich. Some of these, I, I, I've met a couple of Bitcoin millionaires, and some of them are dumb as a box mm-hmm. of rocks. So there was like a really funny meme in the early days of Bitcoin, which Bitcoin's at like $58,000 right yeah. now, by the way. And it was like when Bitcoin was very new, and it was going up in value, but only worth a little bit. There's a meme where someone's like, okay, this Bitcoin thing's interesting. What can I do with it? And then, uh, uh, I don't know, it was someone saying like, I bought a couple of Bitcoin because I was interested. It went up and now I have 20 bucks. And then there was this really crazy punk rock anarchist looking guy who said that he was like, I'm a billionaire because I knew I could buy drugs on the internet with it. So I bought a bunch. And it was pointing (laughs) out how like early on, a lot of people who were buying Bitcoin were not like investors or like people running businesses. It was the people who were like, oh, I could use this.
2: Silk Road, dark web. Exactly.
0: And so Mm -hmm. I know some people who got rich and they're not smart. They don't get it. All they knew was. Like the government, it's not government, but it's money, and they're like, <laughs> "Sign me up!" They, and they have no it. idea how it works. I think
2: it didn't get taxed until twenty nineteen as the yep. first year they started taxing it. That is crazy. People made billions of untaxed
0: billions, billions.
2: individuals wow. billions. Um, I earlier you said about the the healthcare system. I don't like that it uh, to think of it as, as a a for-profit system. I would like a government system that's not for profit. Right, so okay, kind of right. like the fire department. It's not it's not a for-profit right. system as far as I know. It's but just, the
3: question is how do you get, you know, you'd have to get the the current incentives out like you mentioned, right? And then the doctors are going to be like, "Yeah, but now I've got all the student loan debt and I've got to be able that's to That's another this big back. problem.
2: That's another piece of the puzzle. Liddy and I talked about this a while ago at a, when we had a fire out back in Philly. Yeah. Um it's the debt. So you don't I don't think doctors need to go to school for 12 years. To be able to show that they know how to do the job. If you can learn the information and take the test and show I can do this, then you can do it. So the system that is is destroying people with debt, unnecessary, I think at this point, the knowledge is on YouTube for the most part. The knowledge is on the internet and can be learned very quickly.
3: Or at least just a a medical school that's inexpensive. We don't even have those. We have very few medical schools. We need more medical schools. And the ones that we have are expensive.
1: So we have to ask ourselves why school costs so much. I'm going to push the right button this time. Um, And it is because the government subsidizes it. I firmly believe that if the government didn't give so much money to schools, because you're right, you will, they will charge what the market will bear. And if the market bears this kind of government subsidy. I don't know.
0: I mean, schools are underfunded, not uh, in in many areas, like the school that I went to in the Chicago, it's like, no, no, not, but you have a college, colleges colleges for profit, right? Right. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Yeah yeah
1: it's a racket I'd yeah do it. Total racket.
2: if you could do like a two-year medical program and then take a bunch of tests and show like in person like yes i can do the surgery on the thing and well, all the parts make them let's, a doctor
0: let, let, but let's get to uh, to, the, to the to the important part here what need college for you want to be a doctor good point yes okay okay, go, 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 you, okay sure yeah uh well, not you even do it, not you even don't really need no. to go to you want to be a doctor you want to be a lawyer congratulations or you want to work in academia like right. okay if you want to be a scientist or a researcher, you do that at universities with grants, but you don't even really have to. You can do right. private research.
2: Same with lawyers.
0: What now, do you need college for? You don't anymore. What do you need high school for?
3: Well, you, would, you don't necessarily need college in the institution that you're thinking of college, but you do need higher education. So you would need education or somehow. Oh, If you're going to be an engineer, right, you need to learn how to be an engineer. But Otherwise, you
0: can, you can do that on your own.
3: Not, I mean, how many people are disciplined enough to really learn? And then, how do you know you're fi- that they're getting quality education test, information? But you think and... you
2: need a teacher? Is this it goes well, back well, to like I an apprenticeship? Need, yes. and, I think why, you need a but, teacher. Well, a so, good teacher or a good mentor can really, really are you, are you, are you, rocket fuel
0: your right. So trip are, you, are you familiar is, with hacker spaces?
3: Yeah, but what I'm all I'm saying is that what you're so you don't like the institution of university fine, but you still have to have higher
0: education somehow. Sure, but I mean, we have the internet.
3: Yeah, but you know you've got to filter the quality of the information the person's going to get, right? I guess through taking the test, but then you're going to get a bunch of like Trump things, universities.
0: Things that are, are require certification and tests, like being a doctor, you have to have college. There's got to be some regulation to that because you're literally working on people. As for engineering, you're building buildings and bridges and roads. You have to have.
3: So there's got to be some regulation on that too.
0: Yeah, but it's it's the the the, the filter there is government regulation and the corporations that are doing that work so if someone hired like when, when i hire like a, a carpenter to build something i have no idea what their qualifications are i don't ask for their degree
3: but you know part of education and, and i gotta be honest
0: like a lot of the stuff i get built doesn't come from somebody with a degree right, right
3: yeah but part of the education experience is the peer groups and learning from those peer groups and being able to bounce things off of and the competition within those peer groups and those
0: exist outside mm-hmm. of universities
3: they don't exist as well, I don't think. And I they, think the competition. You're right. I think they're better.
0: You're kind of paying for a
2: mentorship. And they, they call it teachers now. And, and they stick 30 of you in a room. Back in the day, it was you and the mentor. And you the know, mentor look, would give you, I, this is how you I, do right. it. Show But that me, was also how you many do people it. back then. You're back doing back. good. Let me, I'll, right, I'll tell me. you what. Yeah, right. billion people. So we're trying to I, I, had
0: a, I had a friend who was going to college for music business. Right. And I asked her, like, so you've, you've been in college for three years. What do you do? She's like, well, I'm in school. And I was like, I know, no, no, but you're taking music business, right? So do you like organize stuff? Have you like worked with like record labels? No, I'm in school. And I was like, okay, I'm a high school dropout and I've already organized some massive shows that made that brought in tens of thousands of people. How do I have more experience in music business than you do and you've been going for three years and dumping thirty something thousand dollars a year into this?
3: Right. Some some jobs don't require it, right? Like even the industry I got into radio when i graduated from college i went into terrestrial radio did fm radio for years right i didn't need a college degree to do fm radio but the way, way i even got into fm radio was through college radio did you do
2: college you did your right college i did radio college radio,
3: radio right and then i did an internship at a at a terrestrial radio station um through college and that's how i got my into the industry from that point no one has ever asked me about my college degree since i've had my yeah. career but at least it got me in there but i also think that um, for other fields in particular is that the competition inside of the universities, when you are competing, like my last university, we're, we were graded on a curve. So you're graded against, you know, you can't get an A unless you are the best student in that class. It's not about you just passed the test and got the information right. You got to show some level of, like, genius.
0: How does a curve there, well, work well, exactly? Well, I wanted to bring up a point. Of so there's, there's uh, somebody I knew a long time ago, and they had gotten a job with a web dev firm they, they were like 19 at the time. And I was really surprised. I was like, wow, you got hired at this web development company. You're only like 19. And he was like, yeah. And he said, what happened was fairly easy to understand. All of the college grads who went to the company said, I have student loans to pay, pay back. I absolutely have to make, you know, this salary 35 a year or whatever. And then the company said, we don't have 35 a year. Like we don't make that much money. We have like, we're all making, you know, table scraps. And along comes this 19-year-old who's a high school dropout who has a portfolio of all this web development. And they're like, this is a great portfolio. And what, you know, coding languages do you know? And he like gave us like, Here, here's my resume. How much do you want? And he was like, how much can you offer? And they were like, 27. And mind you, this is 15 years ago. And he was like, wow, 27? That's amazing. And they're like, you're hired. <laughs> and he said his boss told him explicitly like, we would have loved to have hired any, hired any of these college grads, but we just needed someone who knew how to do it. And the problem was their salary demands were too high because of their student loan debt. Right. So that's what I think we have to
3: correct. I don't think it has to be like, Oh, we have to just get rid of college because then I think mm-hmm. we run the risk of reeling ourselves into a third world country with uneducated people. You know, and I back think when, colleges
0: are uneducating people.
2: Well, well in
3: some ways, I, I mean, I understand I, that. I,
2: I had similar for you. I was a theater major and a lot of my college experience was doing plays. So I would even get credit for doing a play. I'd get three credit hours. And that was like on the ground training. So I came out of college being a, a uh, professional semi-professional a lot of people like your friend that you were mentioning earlier apparently didn't do i don't business I, major. I, I think it's a, things I think the whole thing's a scam depends on the college <laughs> depends
0: on the program I think, I think
3: but here's the thing so my dad was one of the earliest coders of coders okay so back in the 80s before anybody was doing any of that stuff my dad was like getting a math they didn't even have computer science as a degree they didn't have boot camps for coding or anything like that nobody was thinking this was going to be a thing and he went to college for coding for computer science and then was um you know, worked for the power company doing all of their stuff. And that was in order for those early guys to get that information, they had to go to college in order to get it. Before the internet my, my, my grandpa, before the internet. My grandpa right?
0: created his own operating system for his tax business and he didn't go to school for it.
3: Yeah, but still like in order to get like for example, Boeing runs on the same now um operating the uh, the code that my dad knew. It's a, it's like they're trying to recruit dinosaurs out of retirement to come out. <laughs> like, they're like, oh, crap. You know, we don't have uh, anybody to... No young kids know this code. It's only the older guys that know it. We need these guys to come out of retirement. But the, all of those guys learn that same language. I mean, you could maybe create your own. And I know even when my dad was doing it, he created his own things here and there. But to create a, something that is cohesive across large corporations or large companies that could be utilized together integrated everybody needed to have that same knowledge and even now they're struggling because they can't find people with that knowledge i'm
0: proficient in the adobe suite i didn't go to school for it and it's cross company and cross computer and cross program you know we've what used p- a bunch of but different- somebody
3: created adobe suite and my guess is they went to college
0: it was technically it was it was a bunch of different people who are creating a bunch of different programs that eventually got bought out by the adobe corporation i guess yeah you know but there's, there's also open source versions where communities just develop things by sharing free and open information. And... Uh, Apache. That's Apache. a good company. It does a K-Den lot of Den open Live office for, for, and For, stuff. for, for uh, 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 video editing and stuff. Uh, Ubuntu for operating systems. I'm thinking about like science and a lot of science you
2: need. You don't, maybe you don't need, but like, um, uniform, like you're talking about uniform of uniformity of information so that they can like learn the language of science, like all the equations that have led to the next equation up to the equations of all. So they memorize this, this language, basically language. You don't necessarily need a college, but having an organized place where people can all go or or to learn it all, all the same thing so they can communicate.
3: But I, I still online f- hacker
2: spaces. No, 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 physical,
0: but you need people from all around the world to be able to, I mean, it could be physical too. I think we need to bring people back to like apprenticeships and like hanging out, and having community and learning. Yeah. Too. yeah.
3: I mean, I do think we need to change the way higher education is implemented and how it's viewed, you know, change the, the idea that, oh, it has to be through university, you know, but I still think we need higher education. The age
2: of automation on the way, the COVID lockdown causing all this unemployment, maybe it's the time for people to become mentors. And to offer what they know to the younger generation. Yeah, but see, and, and also, hey, fee. look,
3: the pandemic was a great. This is sort of my point. I don't think people learn as well unless they're with the group and they've got the competition, they've got the collaboration, they have people to talk to, they have peers groups. And now, what we've seen online is people are not able to do it as well. But there's no nothing saying universities need to be that. No, it could be well. I but I don't think you could just get rid. I mean, you're wanting to get rid of universities, like some people want to get rid of private health insurance.
0: I think right. that universities have become predatory systems that exploit young people. They send these 18-year-olds into a system with no idea what their major should be. Many, I think around right. half of people change their major. And then they get saddled with massive debt they can never pay off, which right. is a permanent indentured servitude, which has nothing to benefit them. But it's that's not-
3: the system. That, that's the issue. Right so right. the so, business so of the higher university. education. Right. The business. I of feel like the that about the church. The so, business
2: of
0: the church bothers me. but The church right. doesn't bother me. Right. The university system, at this point, in my opinion, is completely corrupt and broken, and it can't be salvaged. Well, that's how Bernie but,
3: Sanders feels about private health
2: insurance. And how I feel about but the but I'm not saying abolish.
0: <laughs> I'm not saying abolish the idea of higher education. We can have universities. We just have to kind of purge and refresh them. And then I'm yeah, all I mean, for. Right. Like everyone shows you show up to a university and you hang out and you 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 have fun and you build things and you explore things. And You're just trying in your space. to take away
3: the fun. Beer pong, you uh, know. Hackerspaces are <laughs> pretty. No, fun. I want way more.
0: <laughs> we yeah, could yeah, we yeah. could build a hackerspace. That'd be we should we we <laughs> actually a bunch we have 3D printers, should. lasers. I was a member of hackerspace and I built a remote control can of green tea. We just got a couple lasers. And, and, and listen, I know
3: I got my uh, face burned into. Oh, a, nice. A you you, out you, there. you may be you,
0: you may be wondering how in fact did you create a remote controlled can of green tea? Did you put wheels on it? Yeah, what is that? Magic. What I did was I took. Uh, a couple, a piece of plastic with a couple motors on it. I took the bottom of an Arizona can and I put it slightly off-axis on one of the motors and then taped it on. And then on the back, I put a, a, a motor going the uh, perpendicular to create gyroscopic stabilization. What would happen is the off-axis Arizona can in the front when it spun would create a vibration. The vibrations would reduce the friction between the can and the table to near zero. And so it would cause the can to float. You've seen these things. They have a little football game where the vibration makes them move around. You control it by spinning the reverse gyroscopic stabilizer, which causes it to go straight. And when you release it, it spins in circles. I just built that randomly. We I never worked with, with electronics or remote control or anything. We'll just... help
2: you get your patents filed. We take 5% of the patent for two years and then release the patent back to you.
0: I'd rather credit hackerspace where we just make everything free and open source. To, we need to help people patent their
3: to stuff, though. have more self-awareness. On this issue, Tim, because are you calling me an ace of spades? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, you know, I think that for you things are different because you're obviously highly intelligent, and that and so that is an unfair advantage. You know, you're you're talking about these crazy things you're creating and stuff, and privilege, right? Well, it's a privilege, it a privilege. of intelligence that others don't have, and you have the privilege of maybe certain sort of self you know, the ability to just get something done because you put your mind to it or something. And others need the encouragement from others. And they need. Sorry, I don't I don't I don't
0: know if you're telling me. Yeah,
3: here I was like, (laughs) you know, giving you compliments about being a genius and you're trying to stop me, Um, you know, so that I think that that is what you have to not everybody can learn in the same environment. That's your criticism of university. So that's also my defense of university. If, If you could go back in time and not take out the student loans, would you do
0: it? Um, if I could do what go back in time and not take out student loans, would you do and it? not
3: take so if I didn't get this? Yeah, I would. I feel like so I when were, I when I'm telling yeah. young
0: people don't go to school. What I'm really saying is I often say this if your parents are paying for it, if you're rich, by all means, do what you want. It's the student loan system that's created. It, it is a predatory indentured servitude factory.
2: I would say I would I would take him out again. I couldn't have gone to school without him. What would you yeah. need to go to school for theater acting? But, you and know, that's I got like a hot a, that's a girlfriend it was amazing. I was like, popular from the first time And that's a degree that
3: people would say that's a sham don't even do it and you know I got a It built a, my
2: confidence like crazy. Right
3: exactly and I got a, I did music and philosophy also kind oh, of wow. useless when oh, kind you get of music. out Jazz. I'm a jazz drummer. Oh. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Jazz, yeah. We'll jam, jazz well, jam later. Right. Uh,
0: we should definitely go to Super Chats, though, because we pushed it a little bit. Yeah. So we'll take the audience questions. If you haven't already, smash that like button, subscribe, and go to TimCast.com because we're going to have a very special exclusive. I think we're going to do the Ace of Spades, the secrets of the universe. <laughs> and, uh, I guess you're going to reveal to the world my, my, my uh, where my intelligence comes from or something. You right, were, yeah, you were praising right. me just a moment yes. ago.
3: Yeah. <laughs> oh, now uh, you want more. Carry on. yes.
0: <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, but I think yeah. it's really, really fascinating like you're a
2: spade. What are those? Ace what's of spades. Yeah, a spades. I'm a six of spades, by the way. Right,
3: you're the six of spades. I'm an eight oh, of clubs. So, so you're saying Ian's not
0: smart. I'm Spiritually. Spiritually, adverse. We'll it. It. We'll <laughs> well, Timcast.com, become a member. That'll be up later, but we're going to read your super chats right now. All right, let's see. What do we got here? Rocky Tao says, I know someone in the Minneapolis PD who told me that the Chaz here has been around since the riot days, but more of a simple no-go zone for police. It's only getting media coverage now since we're nearing the Chauvin trial. Mm-hmm. Chauvin trial? Is that you say it? Chauvin?
2: Chauvin, I think is the pronunciation. Or Chauvin. Chauvin? Chauvin. Chauvin. Yeah. yeah.
0: Morgan Byrne says the fur boss sounds like a true cat pitilist. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! <laughs> <laughs> he's at the top of the org chart, so he's got to do what he says, and he often says mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, true.
0: <laughs> Track Media only says, no, you were children that never grew up. It has never been we all have that. It was a It was about we all have the equal opportunity for that. Grow up children. Too many spoiled and have never been poor. I think one of the big problems uh, that we have these days is that there's a lot of young people who don't understand hardship. They were born into like the peak epitome of wealth in this country. And now that things are kind of not going so well because we're in a golden age, they're like, why is my life not perfect? I
3: don't know. I think the opposite a little bit, actually, because a lot of these kids grew up after the 2008 crash. And suddenly their parents lost their homes and they were told they couldn't have things. I guess like I mean like Ford, you know, right. this that or the other.
0: Yeah. I think well, I I guess what I mean is uh, I think I agree with you. That's uh our 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 the older generation had everything and it was it was this, you know, peak. And they were born at a time like when people were doing well and things started to get worse. 2008 was a smack to the bottom. And then all of a sudden millennials entering the job market were like, "What?" Yeah, no job market. It's not my that. fault this happened. I you had, know, like, and they blame them. They get angry.
2: I had first-world hardship like my parents' had middle class but they were like get a job when you were 12 like yeah. I had to get a job when I was 12 but I had a job when I was uh, 10. But, well, what I didn't learn was how to run a business and that just that really messed me up if I had learned that but like you were working at a business that your my parents owned yeah. that's awesome right
3: i was just going to say that's how i learned as i watched my family have businesses and i think that generational knowledge we hear this talked about a lot on the left and there is something to that which it's not just generational wealth but the generational wealth is actually generational knowledge yeah. the what you learned from watching your parents the when they start a business the heart you know i watched my dad have to you know we went through a lot of hardship in order to have him build that business and we had to make a lot of sacrifices and i watched it happen in order for it to grow and i think that knowledge is really important but you don't get that except no. through that kind of apprenticeship sort of thing
0: let's read this one we have a lot of super chats guys so i really yeah. appreciate it but i don't know if we can read as as many as we normally do we'll try uh, Gizmo says, when I went to college, we discussed the financial part before I got classes. Did you not know what you were doing? Why should I pay your debt? You shouldn't. I do not believe in this write a $50,000 check at all. I think that's ridiculous. I do think it's insane that there are people who took out like $50,000 in loans and now owe $200,000. Right. Like wh- what? Like, that's not fair. You shouldn't owe that much money. I understand there's interest. And some people say, well, you should have read the contract. And I'm like, dude. An 18-year-old who has some 40-year-old predatory loan officer or whatever be like, trust me, kid. I'm here looking out for you. The school's got your back. You're supposed to do it. I'm not blaming the kid for being ripped off by a con artist. But I think the banks should have to pay it. Yeah.
3: I, I just we, heard we, that, we make
2: Bill Gates pay it? I just heard that our Fannie Mae Freddie Mac bailout from 2008 is actually $14 trillion over 20 years. Wow.
3: Yeah. So why don't they pay it?
2: That's incredible. We're still yeah. paying. We've only paid like $4 trillion of the twenty of the $16 trillion that we owe these banks oh, from the 2008 them. bailout. Well, I no, gotta, really, I'd have just... to confirm
0: that, but I just read that today. It was jaw-dropping. Scott Bloss says, student debt is your own fault. And I have more student de- de- debt than you, and I'm younger than you. There are arguments for toppling the state. Your financial choices aren't one of them. Phony anarchists have no justification. But did you
2: understand what compound interest was? Did you do the calculations? Did they teach you the calculations of how to calculate compound interest? If they didn't, I, I just, then was it really your responsibility? Because you could argue it was predatory.
0: I think it's absolutely predatory. And I think it's 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 absurd to think we're going to take some kid, tell them they have to do this because that's what they've been telling. Ta- they, t- they were screaming in my ears. You have to go to college. You have no choice. And I was like, nah, I ain't doing it. But they were like, here's all the loan money I've taken out. And I'm like, I'm not going to pay that back. Are you nuts? Don't worry. We're going to give you the money. I was like, wait, wait, you're going to give me money. And I got to give you more money? You know, my favorite thing ever was, I was like 16. I read an article from, I was a Clinton economist. And he said, if you go to any investor and tell them, I will give you a, 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 you know, you're going to invest $40,000 into a four-year investment. And after four years, you will owe $40,000 plus interest. They'll laugh in your face. That's the stupidest investment I've ever heard. And now they try and add, oh, but it's, you know, it's the experience in the school. And it's like, no, 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 no. If you had $40,000 you, and you, you know, what he basically said was they did this chart where he said, if you are 18 and you go work at McDonald's. And after you know the average amount of time where a person sees a promotion to assistant manager is like X amount of months, your your average uh, hourly wage will go up to the average number, which is this for McDonald's. He was like, by the time you're 22 and your your peers are graduating college, they'll have negative $40,000 plus interest, and you will be a manager making $40,000 a year. By the time you're both 28, they will still be paying off their debt and the interest. And trying to find work experience and you will now be making, you know, X amount of dollars with a savings of, you know, X. And he basically showed that a person who doesn't go to college without the debt has more net worth for a, while they're younger. So the issue for me when I saw that was like, would I rather be a 24-year-old with a good salary enjoying my youth or a 24-year-old settled with massive debt struggling to find a job and then hoping I could pay it off eventually? Eh, I'm going to enjoy being young and go skateboarding. And play I was kind of
2: like, what do I want to do with my life? Throw the, my parents were like, you know, the money is not the important thing. Do- I think the
0: question should be when you're
3: 50, what do you want your life to be like? Well, dog in the woods. Cabin
2: made That'd of cool.
0: twigs and fishing down by the river.
3: Well, it's just that, you know, if you don't, the math works out up until you're only a certain point. But then suddenly all the people in their 40s and 50s like, start to surpass. What have to I surpass. done with my life? Well, they surpass those who didn't go to college. And they're the ones now living a good life with a retirement. And you're still hustling and bustling in a blue collar job.
0: Spurious uh, uh correlation, is that the right phrase? Spurious correlation. So yeah. uh what, I told you not these fancy words. This is what, a good one. what ends up happening <laughs> is there's an assumption that people who go to college make more money and people who don't go to college make less money when the when the reality is people who are willing to do the work make more money. And so there's 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 a tendency among, say, high school dropouts, for instance. They say, if you drop out of high school, you're not going to make any money. It's like, well, it's because people who drop out of high school are typically not doing it for work ethic-related reasons. So you're associating high school dropout with negativity as opposed to lack of worth at work ethic and the negativity. So if you drop out of high school, there's a bunch of people who dropped out of high school who are famous skateboarders, athletes, musicians, podcast hosts, et cetera. Einstein dropped out of school. High school? I think so. So, so yeah. the issue he is out early. when they see high school dropout, they assume everybody who did it did it for the same reason, and thus they'll be broke. Some people drop out because they're actually working harder, and they're being held back by the institution.
2: Yeah, the school's so, not going to make you successful. It's the so drive. what
0: happens is you'll look at somebody who doesn't go to college and someone who does, and then see an average. Where the reality is people who are willing to say, I'm going to do four years of, of this work because I hope I can accomplish something, mm-hmm. whereas the average person is not going to do it is not doing it because they're driven. They're doing it because they're not driven. So it's a drive factor versus a lack of drive factor. Now, if you're smart enough to avoid the system and find a way to gain experience outside of that, then you will absolutely make substantially more money. And in fact, college dropout billionaires make three times as much money as college graduate billionaires. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I think it's PhD. Uh, Or maybe it's both, actually. It's been a long time since I've researched this stuff. I just think if we keep encouraging people
3: to not go to college, I hope you guys all like your stuff from China. Because we're going to need the Chinese engineers. We're going to need the Chinese architecture. We're going to need the Chinese technology. We're going to need the Chinese everything. Because we won't have any intelligent Americans to Einstein dropped out of high school at the age of
2: 15. Einstein did. He said, F it. When he was 15, this isn't for me. It's too slow. He didn't like the way it worked, so he left and learned it on his own.
3: I just think a country that's willing to invest and educate their, their population
0: is going to beat
2: us. But who's choosing but it's a the education? You are what's, correct. What's being but taught?
0: The, the, the school system right now is predatory and it's not accomplishing it. Right, and what are they okay, teaching? Right, right. Well, so so we'll, raise
2: your hand. Wait till you're called on. Be a good boy. Don't step out of line. Colleges like are different. They're making me a soldier, basically. We'll, we'll,
0: we'll, we'll read some yeah. more. We have a very, very important <laughs> one here. Blackrock Beacon says, roof Koreans are a well-regulated militia. Change my mind. I I will not attempt to. (laughs) Jacob Howard says, yes, you were promised the American dream. But the country has gone further and further to the left, and here we are. Is the solution more leftism? Perhaps conservatives have a role in, in, in this life
2: perhaps like when you think about momentum if it's swinging far to the left it's like a a swing a swing set you can
0: push it and make it swing all the way around maybe (laughs) yeah i will i will also just give a quick shout out too. um if you go to timcast.com and click shop we have a shirt that says it's a diamond hands gorilla shirt it's a gorilla wearing sunglasses smoking holding wads of cash and wearing a suit because i guess there's a, a meme among the GameStop people about you know gorillas are stronger together or whatever and I guess. Right. So I decided we, we had the gorilla shirt. I was like, let's put him in a suit and give him money and like make a, you know, thing. So check it out. Javi J says, I came from an immigrant family. We were told growing up that the American dream was to work hard to give a better life to our children. Yeah, that's true. And somehow people think it's that like they don't have kids and they're going to be rich and swim, swimming in an infinity pool and posting photos on Instagram.
2: Whether they're your biological children or not, it's to make
0: it better for the children. We have a lot of super chits. We just way too many super chits, my friends. You guys are awesome. Nick uh, Seamus says, "Give me Ian or give me death." Seamus. and give me a guest that knows what she's talking about when she talks about guns. They got some spicy words. We should go for deeper you, Kim. on guns. <laughs> Troy Dingman says one of the biggest things the founding fathers screwed up on was not implementing a congressional dictionary to define what words mean in the content of the laws, so we would be able to refer back to it. Completely agree. In in legal documents, it'll say like. Very, very specific. Like this word hereby means this. And they make sure the words are all very, mm. very, you know, specifically defined. VS says, CA gun stores have been completely depleted. No ammo. Guns on back order. I bought a Glock in November. Wouldn't come in until February. Guns on consignment are extremely inflated. People are getting into reloading. It's been, uh, it's been this way since the lockdown started. Wow. It's true. it's true. We
3: couldn't get any weapons during the lockdown.
0: Stephen A. He says, historical scholar here. I definitely trust this. Uh, no offense, Stephen. I don't know your credentials. You could 100% own a cannon and military-grade weapons back in the day. I want
2: some linkage to, like, the facts on yeah, that. Yeah, I want to know. I'm curious.
0: Frenzy Film says, Tim, felons can lose the right to arms. The U.S. Constitution says you can lose the right through due process. All right, well, there you go. I was wrong about that, I suppose. There, I, there, the 13th Amendment needs to be reformed, in my opinion. Because it allows slavery in the event that you're convicted of a crime, and I think that's wrong. I think slavery is wrong and just should not be in any capacity. I think our prison system's supposed to be rehabilitative, not retribution mm-hmm. or punishment. All right, let's see. Powder PZ says, I'm running for Congress in CA to uh, go to change.org PZ for Congress to sign my petition to get my name on the ballot. Let's show the establishment we're in control. All right. Well, I don't know what your, run, what your policy positions are. Hopefully, they're good ones. But either way, people have heard about you. Thanks for the super chat. Voodoo M says, is a harpoon gun a firearm? I don't know. Is it? I don't know. Maybe. Interesting. Depends yeah, on how the, the, the chemicals used to project the thing. Here we go. Oh John Hutto says, basic firearm safety and training should be part of every high school education. Yes. Ian, you could not pull my gun from my holster, even if I didn't try to stop you. There are holsters designed for retention.
2: Yeah, but does everyone use those holsters?
0: No. And that's that, and that's a good point. But there also are some very, very simple ones that don't even have any crazy mechanism. It's just that you have to pull it out a certain direction.
2: So maybe if you had to have a holstered gun and a safety holster, that could be something.
0: Bro, if you're, if someone, if, if you're, 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 you're responsible for it. It's, it's all. If someone
2: has like a a gun tucked in their belt, like a loaded pistol with the safety off, and they're on the train, and they're standing there with their hand up. It's just asking for disaster, in my opinion.
0: Those people will get arrested if something happens. But
2: what, well, What's what's going to happen? What if they're dead? What if the kid gets shot? Or what, what if, if the, what if the they... bullet hits
0: a train and yeah, then, like, geez. can cause him... Loose you know, guns. Yeah. So, right? I like this holster thing. Yeah. A nice, tight holster
2: teach responsible maybe
0: you can open well you you can open carry maybe maybe the law should should not be about that you can't do it it should be that it should it should should have to be done in a secure holster fitted properly and and regulated by the government in which case you have the ability to bear arms you can't brandish the weapon but it's in a secure holster only you can pull from that way it's not dangling with the safety off or something like that it's in a Mm secure holster you
2: could do like thumbprint activation like your cell phone in addition to another security feature
0: Big Dog Born says, I've been shooting all my life. Got my first 22 at the age of four. I view firearms as tools, no different than a shovel or an axe. Yeah, I mean, if you swung a pickaxe at someone's head, you'd huh. cause serious injury to them as well. I guess, you know, things can be dangerous. People Globalist Channel says, Tim, vaccine ready May 1st. I heard that. Joe Biden apparently made some big announcement earlier, so that's Is it great. the Moderna one? Uh, I no, I think it was... Johnson
3: & Johnson. He yeah, did was like 100-something doses, maybe... Hundred million doses of Johnson and Johnson, or something.
0: Hmm. No, there you go. I think that's what they were saying. More than enough, I guess. Who owns that company? I'm looking. Johnson and Johnson. That one probably. is actually
3: going to do a non They're doing
0: the, the vaccine nonprofit.
3: Oh, oh cool. Interesting. Yeah.
0: Tree of Liberty says, in 2005, we shot skeet on the football field in high school. Also, my published philosophy professor called uh, called Tom McDonald an astute philosopher.
1: I would then do. commented
0: he was doing very valuable philosophical work. Wow, that's really amazing. I
1: say that about rap. People think I'm crazy.
0: John Saceki says spoiled rich white westerners are angrier over the Alberta Wisconsin pipeline than they are that the Tur- uh, uh, then than they are at the Turkey cutter pipeline as if bombs raining down in the middle middle Easterners is't a problem for them yeah mm-hmm let's see Nicholas Cervini says that he was suicidal his whole life. I thought I would lose my firearms I'd never had found the help I desperately needed mmm.
2: Just got a little little news on Johnson & Johnson. The majority shareholder, older shareholders, uh, two of the top three, are the Vanguard Group and BlackRock, huh, two of the largest investment firms in the world, along with State Street. They basically own 8% of every
0: Apple, Microsoft, wow. Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson. You look down the list. Jeez. Crazy powerful companies. Roberto Flores says, Tim taking a stand on 2A. Nice. Oh, yeah. I'm yep. doing it. That's certainly the, the, the case. And it's not so much that I like the idea of everybody having guns. I just don't think it's an, it's an authoritarian position to try and supersede the Constitution without proper amendment. So then amend it, you know. NOS says I, th- that they've been su- suicidal in the past, and they went for treatment for it. They did the equivalent of paying their debt to society. Treatment centers are abusive, by the way, but now they say they're mentally healthy. They want a gun, and they can't because of California. Interesting. Curious, a curious mishap says Tim is two hundred percent right on the suicide angle. Taking away the gun doesn't do much of anything. Butter knives don't work. Wow, they say they tried and battled severe depression their entire life. Wow. Banning never works. Prohibition, anyone?
2: I knew someone yeah. that took a bunch of pills to die, but then they didn't. It didn't kill them, and they were glad it didn't kill them. Right. But I think a shotgun probably would have got the job done, and maybe oh, they would have regretted quick, it. Right.
0: Kim, they're 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 enjoying that you're from California and pointing out the problems of California. Will you teach me says I love to see Californians complain, but I don't think it's fair because I think you're a smart and reasonable person. So pointing out the problems of what's going on and being critical of it is exactly what we need from California. LockedEye says you can make an AR-15 with a drill press from Amazon. The instructions exist online and has been for a very long time. Yeah. All right. Where are we at? Jesse says you saved my business, Tim, due to me listening to your pending economy shutdown. I was stocked up on supplies to prepare for it. Thank you. Kim Iverson has changed my mind on many topics. Please have her on again as one uh, one Tim IRL is not enough. Time for the open dialogue with her. Very cool. Very nice. Thank you. Yeah, people were saying that you were the queen in the chat earlier. Of oh, course. really? Cuz yeah. I'm
3: getting hate mail in my inbox. Yes. You know,
0: <laughs> people need to I just it's like be polite, you know what I mean? Like be nice. If, if I think if people disagree with what you're saying, obviously, I think a lot of people who watch me agree with what I say. That's why they watch the show. But I think if they disagree with a guest or, or you, the, the answer is like, hey, Kim, I thought you were great. Thanks for coming on Tim's show and being willing to have an open dialogue. I'd like to discuss with you these ideas. I
2: found out this weird phenomenon where if, if you are saying something that is complex and it's, it's, the other people don't understand it, they'll look at you and say, they're not making any sense. They're an idiot because right. they don't understand it. And so to not take as much of that stuff personally, usually.
3: Well, I mean, I, at this point, can't take anything personal. But this one person in particular is getting mad saying that they didn't like my, this is what I'm confused about. Because he says he doesn't like my viewpoint on Second Amendment, saying that I don't know anything, you know, here I am trying to take everybody's rights away. But I thought I made it really clear that I was a pro Second Amendment, almost at one point, an extremist on it. (laughs) Where I was like, I want to have a nuke if the government can have a nuke. uh And so I'm not one who is for taking away weapons of any kind. So it's kind of a funny, like, to get mad. Yeah, and... and, uh, What was it exactly that made them believe I want to take rights away?
0: And I'll clarify, too, if, like, I don't want everyone in New York to be having a gun. I think it would be a lot of chaos. However, so long as the Constitution exists, you can't just choose to erase it. So I don't know what to say to somebody when they're like, I have a right to do it. I'm like, that's true. It's in the Constitution. I can read it. So... I mean, I, I, I personally don't like it. I am not the king of this country, and I can't snap my fingers and make anybody do anything. So until that, that,
3: we make our own country that we talked about, right? Then okay. You well, paid. I mean, well, if we you have to be the you ace, you need a standing Sorry. army. If, if, You're if, if, the ace of spades. If we on buy
0: that. a plot of land and make our own, like Timsville or whatever, everybody needs to be armed because a well-regulated militia is required for the survival of our free state. Is it going to be, be
3: like Hunger Games or something?
0: No, it's going to be like you know, if a bear shows up. Self-defense. Hunger Games. <laughs> we need to protect ourselves from the bear, I guess. <laughs> okay. what if the U.S. Army shows up, oh, well, more if, Hunger Games. I don't do we, like it. If the yeah. I I U.S. Like Army direction. shows up, we smile and wave and say, "Hi, gentlemen, how's it going?" We shake their hand and then well, we tell they them, they'd like, "Give join. me your stuff." I mean, Maybe I don't belong think to us now. They're not going to take our stuff. Yeah. They're going to be alike. Just pay your taxes. Sovereign we'll nation. Like, All right.
2: U.S. Army not taking a sovereign nation stuff. Listen,
0: listen. Imagine that. Here's what we'll do. We'll start the sovereign nation, and then. When everyone's like, "You're just people living in America pretending it's a sovereign nation." No, no, we're not paying taxes. We're just paying America for security, defense, yeah. access, roads, and so it's just our our nation is supplying you know a, a, a payment, a, a percentage of our, our GDP. Like all these other countries are supposed to be doing for NATO. You See. Okay. So like, but literally, it's just us living in a field and paying taxes. Yes. So we'll build like the United, <laughs> the United Arab Emirates of the United
2: States, like a like a right, small community right. of super high tech development.
0: Although crazy. we shouldn't have to pay
3: property tax. I'm totally. Then we got to be a religion, against, right? I'm completely against. We could property start a religion. Tax. I think yeah. it should be totally
0: banned. Al Ron Hubbard did it. So let's be a religion. Then you have to be for a church. I like no. a church. All right. Let's see. Ryan Einstetter says the mailroom job wouldn't get a pay raise. It would become a sub 40 hour per week part time job. Come on, guys. This isn't hard to see. Take your heads out of the clouds. But why would a a sub 40 hour a dollar a week not get a pay raise? Right. So so, it would
3: still be tied to no matter how many hours they
0: work. Our hourly wages would go up. Clef, the misfit, says progressives talking about raising the minimum wage are looking at the problem backwards. Why is the cost of living shot far past wages? It's Federal Reserve Inflation. Abolish the Fed. Costs will drop.
3: Yeah, I think <laughs> like everyone's just to, like, yes. Yeah, I think there's something to that.
0: Yeah, it's basically that so long as they can keep printing money in the way they do, they can extract value from us, yeah. spend it on whatever they want, and we just get poorer every single day. You know? And they loan it to us at interest, which is crazy. Those promissory notes. Riley Luann says, Tim, huge problem with even a progressive tax. When rich get taxed, they offset by increasing price of their product, making us pay the tax. True to a certain extent, it's not so simple to say that because the like there's a limit to what people are willing to pay for certain products. It may drive inflation for sure for that reason, but I, it's tough. I, I like the idea of the progressive tax for the reason stated, but ultimately I think it won't work because giving the government money doesn't solve the problem. It but actually also, makes war worse. Most billionaires I don't think have a product, so they wouldn't even be able to do that. That's not how they're rich. You see, you see here. Here, evil black cat says it's amazing listening to this. While all of you seem to recognize the core problem is the government having all the power, you keep mentally evading it (laughs) while advocating for more government power. Mental ouroboros. I keep, I literally said I like the idea of a progressive tax, but giving the money to the government doesn't solve the problem.
2: You also have to define the government.
0: Well, the the U.S. government is just a monopoly. It's a a representation
2: of the people. Supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. Like if if 99% of us went and did something, the government, that would be the government doing it.
0: I don't, I don't think so. No. Yeah. Mm. they're all part of it pretty sure like you know there are a lot of things the american people don't like and oppose but the government they're just just
2: disorganized if we were more organized yeah
3: we just have a government that's not representative of the people right now but if it were representative of the people then it
0: wouldn't be such a problem of them having power because it would be the people having power right zanzibar says statists that complain about marodes are anti-capitalist we were supposed to have flying cars by now and it's those people keeping us grounded Follow Zanzibar underscore Daleks and happy belated birthday, Tim. Thank you very much. Anthony Hamilton says, Tim, thank you for being real. Can you please look into Massachusetts? We are just playing follow the leader and nothing is wrong. It's pathetic. Please look into it. It needs exposure. Okay. Like the whole state? I guess something's going on with lockdowns or whatever. Mm. Baron of Grey Matter says, it is against the law to discuss your salary with other employees. I'm German. You're horribly wrong about this. Oh.
3: Maybe they can't discuss it with one another, but I do know that it's transparent. Hmm.
0: I'm not familiar with German wage law. Forrest Mommy says, I have a concierge doctor, $1,000 a year, all in office visits covered, one-on-one care, tests at cost, it's great. 36 with no health issues or prescriptions, need more of it, efficient business. Hmm. And then people make fun of Chaz and uh, things like that. MLD says, I didn't go to college because I didn't think it was smart to take on that debt. Now my taxes should go to pay off debt for for people who voluntarily took on that debt that can't pay. And I have to compete with them for my next job. I say, no, good sir. I say we get rid of the the compounded interest. So they have to pay back what they borrowed. And that's it. What if if the loan system was you had to pay back uh, only on inflation? So no compounded interest. It was basically just like. You you had to pay back the inflated value, I
2: suppose. Oh, that's even better than the interest. The interest is no. That probably won't work either.
0: Yeah, that would work. You think so? So, like, if you borrow thirty grand, and then like each year it just adds like you know one percent. Yeah,
3: something. It just it increases. You just pay back thirty plus whatever the rate of inflation was.
0: Yeah.
3: For especially for government-backed student loans, that's exactly how it should be. Now, private loan, maybe they can get away with something, but.
0: Superman, if he wasn't scared of green rocks, says Tim. Can you wish Stacy Herbert happy birthday and give a shout out to the Orange Pill YouTube channel? You talking about Max Kaiser is the reason reason why I got into Bitcoin. Stacy, happy birthday and uh, shout out to Stacy and Max and the Orange Pill podcast. If you guys want to learn about Bitcoin and you want to stop being poor, then you should definitely check out Max's uh, his podcast, the Orange Pill podcast. He Has this really funny meme? It's it's like a picture of him laughing. It says "Have fun staying poor" for like the people who don't buy Bitcoin. And uh, I'll just put it this way. If you had been a fan of Max Kaiser and watched his show and trusted him, you would be worth hundreds of millions of dollars right now. And I'm not exaggerating. There was a point where I guess there's like a story about how Max gave Alex Jones like 10,000 Bitcoin or something. And then Alex lost it because people didn't listen. They didn't believe him. And he was right the whole time. I want to
2: shout out Stacey. You are amazing. Thank you for being in Max's life. You have made him organized in a way he never could have done on his own. I love you, Max. You guys are rock I stars. I wish
0: back then when Max was yelling about buying Bitcoin, I just did it. Listen. And I didn't. And I didn't. And I've known the guy for a long time. And it's like, man, if I had a time machine, if I could send a message back in time, send to the man, buy a thousand Bitcoin. Maybe just you're just talking
2: to yourself in modern day. Maybe in that you're receiving the message right now, buy Bitcoin.
0: I know. And I'm still not doing do it. it. Do it. Do <laughs> it. Don't wait. Oh, man. All right, let's see. Where are we? Let's find a good super chat. What do we got? Frank says, Tim, you're from Chicago. You should know it's not what you know, it's who you know. Oh, yeah. In Chicago, in in many of these blue places, these states, you can get a gun if you got the right connections. You you just, the connection to Gary, Indiana, right? No, like if if you want to legally own a gun and walk around Chicago. Then just if you know the right people, they can get you through that process. Mm. So what ends up happening is wealthy individuals and celebrities in like these, these certain states, these blue states like New Jersey, like, you know, Illinois or Maryland or California. If you, if you have access, yeah, you can easily get a gun. They just shuffle mm. your
2: request to the front of the paperwork. Basically.
0: Or so yeah. it, it's, it's like in, in some of these states, you need to have a justification for why you need to be able to bear arms. And it's like, I'm rich. And they go, okay. I'm famous. Oh, absolutely. Regular person? Of course not. Your constitutional rights are meaningless, pleb. Turtleburger says, I don't think you should be able to take out a student loan amount for more than one year's average starting pay of that degree. I think that would make people choose more carefully and bring down tuition. Hmm. Or maybe, I don't know, people have to get jobs while they're in school and they can't take out the loans for the full cost of tuition or we need to stop guaranteeing it so that the price of schools go down. Some degrees, they don't let you get a job.
2: Yeah, I try to get a job. Well, I did have a job while I was in college. I couldn't do class, the job, and the theater shows. I had to right. pick two of the three.
3: Same with music. You couldn't do it. But law school, I don't think they even let you get a job yeah, while you're in some law school. Yeah,
1: they will not let you work. Yeah, and
3: same, I think, with medical school.
0: You're not allowed. Yeah. yeah. Wolfault Leon says, Kim, your mom loves Trump. What do you think of him?
3: Um... Well, like uh, tr- I mean, I think he's anti, you know, I'm an anti-establishment person, so I started off really hating Trump. I was I definitely had Trump derangement syndrome in the beginning. Like but what you, year? You were cured. Um, yeah, I was I and I also had, you know, I was very establishment I think in my viewpoints in the beginning like a long a while ago before like, I really started researching like in the 90s? I, no, like I would say bef- when uh, in 2016 even you know, I was more progressive. I liked Bernie Sanders, but I think I just kind of fell into the establishment narrative. and then um, but then the more research I did, I was like, oh my gosh, the establishment is such a problem. And And with Trump, I think I started with Trump derangement syndrome. But then through time, I found myself having to to defend him over and over again, uh, which really upset a lot of my viewers, but it was because the the left had gone so deranged on him. And then I think as I started to defend him, I almost had sympathy for him right because I'd be like Gosh, they're just making stuff yeah. up or they're mm-hmm. you know and so really I just saw a guy that you know I don't I don't hate him and I don't love him but I did think that he would have been better than Biden getting in office I was very anti-Biden
0: yeah I'm still, anti-Biden. I agree I agree yeah. David Marcella says please tell Ian an armed society is a polite society
2: I've heard that before
0: oh wow uh, drew the RN says please bring Kim on as staff see some people really oh, enjoy wow <laughs> Sorry, Lydia, I'm getting your job. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Loot <laughs> <laughs> says, stop the Fed from giving money to all the banks at 0% interest. Make banks get their capital from their account holders. Pay us interest again. Interesting. That'd be cool. Hmm. All right, let's do a couple more. Let's see. Where are we at? Jonathan Duger says, freedom is sloppy. Suicide isn't going to stop without guns. Freedom is sloppy. It's, it's it's, it is tough stuff. Uh, we'll do one more. Lucas GZ says, you should do a super chat giveaway. What is What, is that, what does that maybe mean? A giveaway t-shirts or something? I can be your first winner. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. We have a bunch of the Diamond Hands Gorilla shirts coming in. So we maybe should maybe we make that it. guy the first yeah, winner, too, for bringing that so, up. Lucas so. GZ uh, <laughs> How do we contact Lucas? I'm not sure.
1: He'd have to email us at spinthheufo at gmail.com. You're going
0: right. to get all kinds yeah. of Lucas. <laughs> oh, i, yeah. I love Every that. single person. Oh, but he also adds um, Ian for vice president. Oh! Just vice president? My voice yeah. is crazy yeah. crack. Well, you got to be the president first. No, you'd be, it would be, it would be Trump Crossland. Okay. Oh, <laughs> interesting. All go. right my friends, we are going to yeah. have a crazy spacey conversation about <laughs> <Is that it? laughs> like tarot or like astrology and astrology. like the secrets of my uh I want to learn the secrets of how I am an ace of spades and how that Gives me psychic powers. Oh, so that's yeah. going to be over at TimCast.com. <laughs> and just, you know, it should be up in about an hour or so. But uh, make sure to follow me on all, po- uh, on all social media platforms. Why do I keep doing that? All so- social media platforms at TimCast. My other channels are YouTube.com slash TimCast and YouTube.com slash TimCast News. This show is live Monday through Friday at 8 p.m. So smash that like button, subscribe, hit the notification bell. And if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify or any other podcast platform, leave us those good five star reviews and talk about how awesome we are. Cause it really, really does help.
3: Does
1: you want
0: to shout out anything else? Uh, uh Kim,
3: you need to just follow my YouTube, please, because I'm being super, uh, suppressed and they haven't let me gain a single sub- subscriber in about oh, a year. Or so I would like algorithm. to see if this works. Yeah. So if a bunch of you will subscribe, then maybe we'll see if I can break through that algorithm in some way.
0: It's always important that, you know, People who wanna, you know, get more content from Kim, subscribe to the channel and I like make sure you actually go and watch it, you know. The the algorithm is a is a is a is a, uh, a nasty beast. You gotta oh, be careful. So
2: click the thumbs up buttons when you pop into the video, even if you only watch it for a short periods of time. Always smashing helps. the like button. Yeah, That's yeah, what you need. You need time. you
0: need people to smash the like button for mm-hmm. you.
3: Yeah, I think and it's the all notification bell. helps. Yeah, I don't know if there's anything that helps me. I mean, but yeah, go to Kim Iverson YouTube, you know, follow, yeah, subscribe, smash, all that smash. stuff. smash, crush, crush. crush.
2: <laughs> devastate Ian. Hey guys, thank you so much for coming. I love you. Uh, Ian Crossland. You can follow me at Ian Crossland.net if you want to check out all my socials and I have a merchandise store. That's pretty cool. I'll be adding more stuff there in the future. Very so thanks cool. for coming. Thanks for coming.
1: Yeah, so I think that Kim should be on the other side of the camera. I don't think you should be over here pushing buttons if we didn't bring you on. I think that would be great. <laughs> oh, look I at her discover. trying to save her job. I know, it's true. <laughs> but I say? I love my job. I, I was going to say, too, that a harpoon gun is not considered firearm. Wow. Firearms have to have gunpowder, huh. I suppose, apparently, according to Reddit, which knows everything. So Ian was right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So full a I,
0: full auto, belt-fed now we're talking harpoon gun, harpoon gun. Yeah,
1: because I don't know. Don't swim <laughs> that for your life.
0: Good.
1: <laughs> anyway, I am Sour Patch Lids on Twitter and on Minds, and I am Real Sour Patchlets on Instagram and Gab. So follow me there.
0: We will be back at TimCast.com with an exclusive segment talking about this weird secrets of uh, uh, what it means to be an Ace of Spades and uh, destiny there, uh, cards. Destiny Ooh. cards. That's what it is. It's be destiny interesting. Cards. The secrets of the universe. We'll see you all there. And thanks for hanging out.
1: Bye, guys.